0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 147 of At Oz with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, hello. Are you ready for World Wrestling Entertainment to allow fans back into the building?
1: Oh, yes. I'm I'm glad that one of the most cautious and, like, health-aware and, like, safest companies out there has finally, you know, thoroughly vetted the process that they're going to use and, you know, are ready to begrudgingly bring fans back in, because I know that they're not they're not quite uh, all in on, on bringing fans back. They they always are a safety first company. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm sure that the fact that they're doing it, everything's been checked and double checked.
0: Well, it's the safety of their shareholders, mm-hmm. Kevin Dunn, the McMahons and extended family, then a big giant gap, <laughs> and then independent contractors and fans.
1: Yeah, yeah. They're, they're at the same level, the independent contractors and the fans. They're just as disposable in their eyes.
0: No, it's going to be interesting, though. I'm, uh, you know, I'm an avid SmackDown watcher. I'm glad that gets to be the first thing. Um, You know, I guess we, like, we don't count WrestleMania because it wasn't full capacity.
1: Yeah, there was more cardboard cutouts than there were people, I think.
0: Yeah. Um, But this is the beginning of them getting back on the road. It's going to be interesting to see. How their normal touring schedule ends up being, you know, the the word is going to be, uh, as it stands, like, um, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, with the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday off, you know, mm-hmm. like Saturday and Sundays are going to be like uh, super shows, you know? Yeah. And uh, Sundays, if there's a pay-per-view, it's a pay-per-view. Uh, I think SummerSlam this year, pay-per-view is on a Saturday. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That's weird. And then I heard, and this is like an uh, unsubstantiated rumor, you know, this is like Facebook <laughs> group, group chat, like secondhand removed, that there's talk of them um, doing TV as a residency in Las Vegas, depending on how the SummerSlam stuff goes.
1: No, kind of like Glow.
0: Um, I would say better production values than Glow. but the same levels of uh, sexism and racism as go.
1: (laughs) That's possible. Uh, Just going back to the SummerSlam on Saturdays, I guarantee you that we are less than three years away from there being SummerSlam Saturday and SummerSlam Sunday, you know, because we already said they're never going back on WrestleMania. It's always two days and it's going to eventually be like the big four, you know, uh, you'll have two nights of rumbles so that you can have, like, 60-person rumbles. So uh, one- no,
0: you do the men's rumble one night and the women's rumble the next night. Well, that's <laughs> what I mean.
1: I, you have one on each night, but then you can make them longer because of the fact that uh, you, you're spreading it out, you know? They need to go back to the old pay-per-view schedule, um, which
0: was SummerSlam used to be on a Monday. Really? The first, like, oh, boy. uh. 88, 89, 90, 91, 92 were all on Mondays. It wasn't until 93 that they moved it to Sundays.
1: And then you could have Survivor Series on Thanksgiving Day.
0: Or Thanksgiving Eve. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. I would prefer Thanksgiving, you know, because it is the Thanksgiving tradition. They they, they swindled poor Jim Crockett to get Starcade's date away from them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, And then WrestleMania and... Uh, so Royal Rumble used to be on Saturday nights, hmm. and the reason that's that's peculiar is is because WrestleMania's up until shit up until WrestleMania eleven was Sunday afternoon. It was like Sunday with a four o'clock start time.
1: Huh. See, I I feel like WrestleMania. What's the one that was in uh, like at Caesars nine? That was nine. Okay, and was that Caesars Atlantic City? No, that was Caesars, uh, that was uh Vegas. Okay, because that was, like, when you're watching the pay-per-view, it was during the daytime, but, I, I mean, I ordered that pay-per-view, and I don't remember it being during the day, but it was. It was that, you know, was,
0: I think it was, like, three or four o'clock, you know, for us on the East Coast.
1: Hmm. all right, I guess I just have the, what, the Mandela effect, that every pay-per-view is always a Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like I said, Summer Slams were Mondays, Royal Rumbles were Saturday night,
0: WrestleMania was Sunday afternoon, and Survivor Series was, you know, Thursday to Wednesday, and then finally to Sundays, you know?
1: Hmm. All right. Well, speaking of, uh, here's a ham-fisted segue. What night did you record your latest Cheating on Me podcast, Joe? (laughs) I recorded
0: it Tuesday night, and it ended up being a late night. And I was shocked uh, how quickly they were able to turn it around, you know?
1: And they being the board uh, to Life my,
0: my friend Alex, Worldwide Keller, not Taylor, uh, <laughs> and his buddy Mike Strength, they had uh, Evan the Weirdster Adams with them as well. Uh, their podcast, Bored to Life, it's kind of like a nebulous lifestyles, anime, manga, salt life hardcore music sort of podcast, you know, covers a lot of bases.
1: Oh, you fit right in then.
0: Of course. Uh, (laughs) But I know those guys from AIW because they were AIW students and then wrestlers, of course. Um, But they were at the uh, Chikara event in Cleveland back in November of uh, 1992. Jesus Christ. November of 2012. They were there as fans, and it was at the AIW building. I was there as a whatever you know, commentator, whatever the hell I do. Um, and it was, the the intent was it was supposed to be a Rashomon sort of thing, because uh, Evan and Alex weren't friends at the time. They didn't know each other, and it was, you know, their fandom of wrestling and AIW that they became friends and everything else like that. I was there as Leonard F. Carson I didn't know either one of them. Alex had drug his buddy Mike, so he wanted to do, like, this Rashomon thing of everyone telling, like, their stories from their vantage points and stuff. Okay. Whereas I looked at it as because it was going to come up in the 2012 canon that we're doing for my homework in a couple months.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I've already got the show watched. I don't need to watch it when it comes up November, December, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was fun uh, shooting the shit with those guys, recording a podcast. Uh, they're crazy. They're looking to get back into the world of wrestling. Now that the world is uh, open back up. So uh, if you did, if you like old Chikara stories and, you know, I get into it sometimes with Adam on the shows, but I don't think Adam has the same affinity or love for Chikara that these guys did. Like these guys were like super fans at the time, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I dislike most forms of wrestling, so that's right,
0: Exactly. <laughs> so we and got to shoot it. the shit about a lot of like the, the minutia of what was going on and like storyline time at the time, why things were happening and that sort of thing, you know?
1: I you. Gotcha. and you said that this, you recorded on Tuesday, and it dropped pretty quick, so this is already out there, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, it was, like, we, Tuesday night, or I'm sorry, Wednesday night, we recorded it, my apologies, Wednesday night, we recorded, I think we were done at, like, 1230, because of course, I was on a podcast, I have Diary of the Mouth, the show went, like, six hours long, <laughs> and then, like, I woke up the next morning, and the show was ready to go, and like, shit, that was a
1: quick turnaround,
0: you know? Yeah.
1: I mean, not as quick as yours. You 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 do podcasts and you cut them and they're they're highly produced and all. You put all the music. You edit out all my cancelable takes and <laughs> it's out within the hour.
0: I was told uh, by the old editor of Longbox Heroes a couple of weeks ago when I got a chance to see him for the first time in a while. He told me that I do a shitty job of editing the shows. <laughs>
1: Well, shitty's a relative term. I mean, yeah, I, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts that have very flashy uh, production, and then I listen to some that make us look like uh, just the best podcast ever. So I, I, I like being in the meaty part of the curve.
0: Right. <laughs> so uh, I saw you, speaking of podcasts, not in this network, but friends of the show, as it were. Uh, you know, you when you say there's no collusion, Adam, <laughs> the first word that comes to my mind is collusion.
1: <laughs> I don't know what you're implying. I do not appreciate it. Um, I did have Matt from uh, The A Show come up, uh, visited my house today. We did a little deal ski on some toys and, uh, you know, gave him a tour of the toy room. And then maybe we sat down and we talked about what uh, what I'd like to see for my upcoming uh, match or upcoming appearance against Brett. From We Need Wrestling and that other guy from uh Final Wrestling Place. And oh Marcus like, is gonna be on the show? Uh it's not Marcus. It's not Marcus was good at drafting. It was it was somebody else whose name escapes me. Um hmm. I'm, I'm not sure. But yeah, I, I kind of talked about, hey, like this is this is what I would like to see when I do the draft. And I just wanted to make sure that number one, everything is within the rules, and uh Maybe maybe a deal might have been cut. Uh, maybe he got a toy a little bit cheaper than he should have. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's there a little tit for tat. It's okay. But it was good catching up with Matt. I had not seen him in person since, uh, I don't know what the last one was, whether it was an LVAC show at Sokol's or a true wrestling show. But it's been, obviously, pre-pandemic. So mm-hmm. it was good to see him and uh, uh, just kind of let him know uh my plans of uh the A show domination just making sure that he's prepared for i didn't i didn't clue him in on what i was going to do but i just prepared him that his show might not be the same again
0: <laughs> oh and invite to the palatial vansky estate i'm sure it was catered of course <laughs> this is an um, episode of porch talk you know <laughs> you right again well again there was no porch talk this week so that money had to had to be uh alloc- allocated somewhere you know um it gets the invite up to the house you tell him what you want to see and i'm sure it was written on a piece of paper and as you're holding that piece of paper to hand to him i'm sure there was at least a 20 underneath that piece of paper (laughs) i know how you operate
1: well there might have been an orange cassidy figure attached to that piece of paper it wasn't (laughs) funny (laughs) but uh yeah he got a tour of the toy room he did the scott hall walk to get through the funko's uh you know, he saw my cardboard cutout of Alexa Bliss. Uh, he wasn't any more creeped out than anybody ever has been, so that's fine. Um, he said there's a little bit too much Broski stuff in my house, which I, I kind of agree with at this point. <laughs> but, which is a uh, given. Yeah. Uh, yes,
0: yes. uh, you had mentioned uh, earlier today uh, that you're looking to start getting rid of some of your stuff, and I'm like, I say start with all the Broski stuff.
1: Ah, uh, see, the thing is, most of my Broski stuff is is, like, major pod stuff and then i won't have a complete anything of major pod stuff
0: gotcha yeah
1: i'm more of a a a major wrestling figure podcast fan than i am a broski fan now that's not to say that i'm not you know going to go watch broski win the gcw title uh this weekend or i'm sorry next weekend and uh late breaking news regarding that just popped into my head i did just minutes before we went on the air got confirmation from brett from We Need Wrestling, that him and DJ will be accompanying me to Atlantic City for that show. Oh boy. It's the crossover event you've all wanted.
2: <laughs> hmm.
0: Not sure what to say about that. You're <laughs> going to night one or night two? I think they moved Broski and uh Nick Gage is night one, right?
1: Ah, uh, Saturday, the twenty-fourth. Well, I I would fucking hope that the one I'm going to is the Broski Nick Gage one. Otherwise I'm getting my money back. But yeah, that's uh uh, the Saturday show is the. I, listen,
0: I, I might have walked you down the primrose path on that one. <laughs> Good luck on getting your money back from a GCW event. <laughs> anyway.
1: Yeah, it's homecoming night one. But yes, okay. myself, uh, our friend Dave will be there as well as both Brett and DJ. So I'm looking forward to it as well as all of Broski's subsequent title defenses of the GCW Heavyweight Championship.
0: (laughs) More more on that maybe off air. (laughs) And now, At Odds with Wrestling presents This Day in Wrestling History. All right, so it's This Day in Wrestling History time. And... It's a big one, right? Alright. So uh we'll jump around like we always do. Uh so today is uh Jesse Ventura's
1: 70th birthday. Oh. We should very have. Very rarely
0: had the- very rarely do I mention someone's birthday, but come on, the body was awesome, you know?
1: Yeah, we should have had him as a guest. He he always calls into Pod Van Dam.
0: Well, I think he's in the bunker. He's really hunkered down uh during these current times, you know.
1: Yeah. All right. Maybe next year.
0: And I didn't want to be dosed, as he usually does to the boys when he shows up there.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't mind being dosed. <laughs> uh,
0: so this day in uh, wrestling, 2002, on an episode of Monday Night Raw, emanating from the Continental Airlines Arena in East Rutherford, New Jersey, uh, coming in, coming to, going to a commercial break. Eric Bischoff made his World Wrestling Entertainment debut.
1: I'm back! Well, if you remember... It was back in black, I know. It was
0: back in black for that one hit, and then everything after that they edited in the I'm Back song.
1: Yeah. Uh, Still, I mean, obviously, I didn't mind Bischoff in WWF, WWE... Uh, it led to the the one or two rare occurrences where you had McMahon, Bischoff, and Heyman in the ring together. And I don't care what you say. That's still a cool moment, you know?
0: Absolutely. I agree. I think Eric was much better uh, as an on-screen character in world wrestling entertainment than he was in WCW. Because he didn't have the pressure of being in charge. He could just be a talent, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I, I enjoyed his run. You know, whether it be like this as the GM... Um, the three-minute warning stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, you mentioned the stuff with Vince. He had stuff with Cena. So he was always kind of positioned in, like, a, a big spot. The stuff with Eugene, I could take it or leave it, right?
1: Yeah. And he invented the Elimination Chamber.
0: That's true. He Now, I think in more recent memory, they've kind of retconned that, that it was not his creation, Oh blast for like up until I would say maybe the last three or four years whenever they would do like a a video package about the elimination chamber it would still get credited to Bishop. I don't think they do that anymore
1: isn't like Chris Jericho taking credit for designing it or inventing it now?
0: no Chris Jericho takes credit for money in the bank oh uh, okay, my bad yeah, and then yeah. I think RVD does as
1: well like they both do mmm. Who invented Ultimate X then? (laughs)
0: Uh, I think that, at least on air, Don Callis takes credit for that. Uh, The
1: Invisible Hand, once again.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think that was uh, Double J. Anything good in TNA was Double J. Anything bad in TNA was Vince Russo. (laughs) Uh, uh, So also on this day in wrestling history in 1995, uh, the ECW held Heat Wave 95, with this scintillating card uh Mikey Whipwreck taking on Stormin' Mike
1: Norman. Ah, oh, my trainer nice. Really? No, my well my trainer. Oh, Mikey,
0: Mike... I thought I'm like Mike Norman was your trainer? Oh, that's right. I forgot Mikey was your trainer
1: too. Yeah. Come on, man.
0: Uh ECW tag team champions Raven and Stevie Richards took on Don E Allen and Tony Stetson. <laughs> Uh Hack Myers took on Val Puccio, that feud must continue. <laughs> uh Tom Dreamer and the Pitbulls took on the Dudleys, Dudley Dudley and Little Snot Dudley and Raven in a six man match. All right. Uh Ian Malenko and Two Cold Scorpio took on Eddie Guerrero and Taz. Uh Sandman defended the ECW title against Axel Rotten. And in a steel cage match, we had the gangsters taking on Public Enemy and Luna Vachon taking on Stevie Richards.
1: Now, uh, I was going to say, an odd finish for the show if Stevie Luna finished it. Well, but-
0: I flip-flopped those, okay? Oh, okay. Uh, uh, one of those shows that did not get a full VHS release. It was only, like, clipped up for TV, right? Uh-huh. The reason I put the Luna-Stevie thing last was... The most notable thing about this is that's the chair shot heard around the world. That's Raven handcuffed to the cage and Dreamer giving him the one chair shot, doing the arms outstretch thing that was in the ECW opening from this weekend until ECW closed.
1: Yeah. I I don't think I ever saw the match proper, but I've seen that clip a billion times. You don't
0: need to see the match. You just need to see that clip. Everyone knows exactly the clip I'm talking about, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, just one of the more memorable moments. Uh, I forget who pointed it out to me. Someone on Twitter mentioned that Dreamer had Raven on his podcast a couple weeks ago. And uh, it was always good to be reminded about that story that like Dreamer and Polly wanted to be like 10 chair shots <laughs> and Raven uh, had to t- talk them just to one. He goes, one would be more impactful, you know? Um, yeah. and Raven, or I'm sorry, and Dreamer and Paulie thought that Raven just didn't want to take 10 chair shots. And Raven <laughs> says, he goes, give me With- 10 chair shots backstage. But in front of the crowd, <laughs> one. He goes, for the moment, for the feel, for the everything, it has to be one. And, uh, yeah. you know, yet again, Raven has proven to be right.
1: He usually is. I like it.
0: And last but not least on this day wrestling history 2006 I can't believe it's been 15 years. Uh this is Ring of Honor from the National Guard Armory in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Death before dishonor four and this would end up being the last Ring of Honor show that I would go to, but what a
1: show. Uh,
2: uh
1: what I'm did not going to run get
0: down. Was that? <laughs>
1: What'd you do to get banned?
0: No, I didn't get banned. I was doing Chikara stuff already at this point. So, like, I didn't have a ton of time. But this was the blow-off to the Ring of Honor versus CCW angle. Okay. And they were blowing it off with the Cage of Death where it was... Okay. So, it's, like, like, it's super convoluted of the way that this is supposed to work out, right? Mm. So, uh, it's Adam Pearce. Samoan Joe, Ace Steel, and B.J. Whitmer, and a mystery fifth person taking on Team CZW, which is Chris Hero, Necro Butcher, Nate Webb, and Eddie Kingston, and a secret mystery person. So the secret mystery person comes out for Team Ring of Honor, and it's heel champion Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson comes into the ring and turns on uh, Samoan Joe and then leaves. So then Ring of Honor star Claudio Castagnoli comes out and turns on Ring of Honor and joins up with Team CZW. So now CZW is up a man uh, on Mm. Team Ring of Honor. Everybody's bleeding, juiced all over the place, right? And then Mm. Homicide comes out for the last guy for Team Ring of Honor. And the place goes nuts. It was crazy. And Homicide just comes in, kills everyone. And the only, and in storyline, the only reason that he agreed to do this was he wanted a shot at the world title. This ends the CZW angle, and this begins the angle of uh, Homicide is now a babyface against the heel people in charge of Ring of Honor, led by Jim Cornette. Okay. A fantastic piece of business if you can get your hands on it. Uh, one of the last great moments, I would say, in you know that era of independent wrestling. A lot of stuff has come and gone, and whatever you know the way that kind of people's memories work. But this is one of those ones that, like, if you were there, if you were watching, you'll never forget it. I love this moment. It was so layered and so nuanced and everything else like that. It was uh, a lot of. Jim Cornette influence, because, uh, like, J.J. J. Dillon's involved and Jim Cornette's involved. So you get, like, all these old school people before they've kind of, like, ruined uh, their their place in the business, adding mm-hmm. to this, like, hot new indie on the come up in Ring of Honor, you know?
1: Yeah. All right. How long before you start walking us down uh, the Ring of Honor timeline? Are we going to have to wait until Chikara is, like, done? Until we're caught up through Chikara? No,
0: no, that's not going to happen. Uh, the Ring of Honor timeline is being handled much better on the Through the Years podcast and the Honorable Mention podcasts. Two different uh, Ring of Honor podcasts, kind of history podcasts. One goes show by show. Another one kind of goes like, oh, there's an interesting show that happened on this date. A little bit more out of order. They do interviews and stuff. They just had Jigsaw on recently, and that was really good. Anyway, if you're nostalgic for Ring of Honor, go check out those two podcasts. I don't think Ring of Honor will ever come up on here other than this.
1: (laughs) Fair enough. Well, I don't watch the current product, so won't come up on my likes or my dislikes, Joe. All right. Well, speaking of that, let's get into likes and dislikes. I'll let you kick things off. Oh, all right, then. I'm going to start off with a like. And that is from AEW this week. And that is the coffin match that main evented the show uh, between All Ego Ethan Page and Darby Allin. Really like the match. Obviously, I I do gush praise upon Darby Allin matches that don't involve Sting uh, because Sting holds him back and should retire and go away. But uh, I like Darby's metal backplate that he started off the match with when he was doing like coffin drops. Uh, Ethan using the uh, disassembled ring turnbuckle, to, uh, the hook at the end to choke out Darby and then obviously it getting turned around and Darby using it to fish hook Ethan's uh, mouth and then uh, obviously the ego's edge like the razor's edge that Ethan Page did on Darby Allen onto the steps was sick and then after Darby got the win the coffin dropped through the car uh, through the coffin was a was a sick little exclamation point to the match Uh Nothing super unique about it, but like I had fun for like the entire like 10 minutes that it ran, and I thought it was a really good main event.
0: Uh also in my life also in my likes. Um, I love this match. Um when AEW puts, you know, and I'll say non-main eventers, and that is not a knock on Darby Allin, Ethan Page, or anyone else that's be- ever been in that spot, right? Mm-hmm. But when they put those guys that are not who you think of as your main event type people, your Jericho, your MJF, your elite, those sort of people, right? Mm. They over deliver. Um, you know, I, I think back to the match that uh, Darby Allen had with 10 all those months ago, right? Yeah. Um, you know, 10's not a main eventer by any stretch of the imagination. But when put in that position to be in the main event of an episode of Dynamite, they kill it. Uh, These two guys know each other very well. Uh, They had a long-standing feud, rivalry, whatever, in Evolve. Uh, Both of them are much better off for not being involved with any of that stuff anymore. Mm -hmm. Both are thriving in AEW. And, uh, you know, obviously there's so much more that both these guys have. And this definitely feels like a rivalry that can be revisited. Even though this portion was very clearly closed you know the the lid was shut on the coffin if you will Mm -hmm. um but i really love this match and i know these two guys have got a lot more uh to give whether it be against each other or with other people and uh, i'm very happy to see them thriving like i said and to have such an unbelievable match on uh dynamite
1: yeah, and you mentioned earlier during the This Day in History, Raven and Tommy Dreamer, you know, that they feuded with each other their entire ECW careers, but they weren't always in programs with each other. You know, and you can see Paige and Darby Allen kind of maybe going away from each other and then coming back and going away from each other and coming back like over the next few years if they wanted to. Right. Cool. Do you want to go now, or should I go since we doubled up?
0: Uh, You know what? I'll go with uh, dislike, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, one of my dislikes is the current state of the, I guess, promotional aspect, the advertising aspect of the Peacock Network for the World Wrestling Entertainment. So two weeks ago, we get this huge, big hype up. We're going to get this whole 24-hour behind-the-scenes documentary, whatever the hell it's going to be, about Lex Luger. And they show footage of him being a dick on the Lex Express. They're talking about, like, his entire career and his history, and they even got Lex involved in it. And then the morning of, it's just like, nah, we're going to postpone it to another day. Then this past week, Adam, oh, my goodness, could it have been any better? Broken Skull Sessions. Coldstone Steve Austin himself sitting down with the smartest man in professional wrestling Kevin Nash they put up some teaser clips he tries to name as mem- many members of the NWO as he possibly can of uh, and then all of a sudden Sunday morning nah it's not on the schedule anymore it's just disappeared um and I think I saw somebody else saying That we were promised to have like everything from the old network up on the new network by SummerSlam time. And one of those like network bot accounts have been tracking it. And they got a long way to go. And I'm okay with the stuff that wasn't used to be there. Taking a while to get there. But when you spend an entire week promoting something coming that I want to see. And then you take it away at the last minute. And then you do it again the next week with something else. I get hot about it.
1: (laughs) Well, they're waiting for a better lead-in, Joe.
0: These are things that don't need a goddamn lead-in. Just put them up. (laughs) Like, okay, I'll give you. I'll give you the the Luger thing needs a better lead-in, okay? Mm. Then don't do the same thing the next week with something else and then pull it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not like w- what the potential lead-ins could be are a secret. Like, you know when the pay-per-views are, you know? So if you want, like, a huge lead-in, you should have known, hey, Money in the Bank is this coming Sunday. Uh, let's have the uh thing come after that. I don't know. So have they re- rescheduled any of this stuff, or is nope. it just all just in the air?
0: They're postponed to uh, undetermined dates.
1: Yeah. And, like, I agree with you, maybe the Luger thing, because I don't know if I would necessarily make it a point to watch the Luger one, but if I was watching the pay-per-view and it was there afterwards, yeah, I'd stick around. So I get that kind of, but I agree with you, the Nash one, like, that is destination viewing. You know, you make it a point to circle that on the calendar, and you don't need uh, a a pay-per-view beforehand to fire up the cock and and go and check that out.
0: Yeah. I don't like it.
1: Yeah. Plus, uh, we need wrestling has been building their last two weeks of programming around these things. <laughs> well, that's on them. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I agree. I want. I would. I do want to see uh, Kevin Nash get get drunk and and tell stories. You know.
0: And Plus, I'm excited for that Luger thing, man. You know, like uh, Luger gets a bad rap, and you know, I hope they they air this kind of like warts and all. You know, and it looked like that's what they were gonna do. You know.
1: Yeah. All right, more on that story as it doesn't develop, if everything's in limbo. All right, I'm going to do a dislike. And since I started things off with the AEW main event, I'm going to go over to a dislike, and that is the NXT main event. Uh, your boy, Killer Cross, defended his title against Johnny Gargano in basically what amounted to a six minute squash match. Uh, Cross has been killing pretty much every top name. In NXT and as you pointed out last week uh he does that after every single one of them points out that he's a terrible wrestler so again credit you that we have a terrible wrestler uh beating all of the best wrestlers Uh, and then afterwards we have uh cross choking out Samoa Joe and obviously Joe has been like injecting himself with Adam Cole and injecting himself with Killer Cross and with uh uh, freaking, I can't remember his name. Ponytail guy from the UK guy. Pete <laughs> Dunn, Norris son. Come on. Yeah. Uh, Pete Dunn. So, I mean, there's all these little, like, feuds I hesitate to use the word for, uh, that Samoa Joe is getting involved in. But the one that's going to get physical is Karrion Cross. Are we going to eventually get Joe returning and then having to job to Karrion Cross? Or is it just, oh, hey, Karrion Cross is the one guy that gets to get physical with Samoa Joe and make him look bad? And I guess I'm just bitter because Joe has just been presented as such a goddamn badass without really having to do much other than look scary. Uh, I mean, just go ahead and put Karrion Cross on Raw so I don't have to ever watch him again. But uh, that whole main event and the way the show ended is my uh, first dislike.
0: Uh, not enough to be in my dislikes, but
1: you love. Carrying cross.
0: No, I just don't care about Karrion cross.
1: I the don't thing. care about. I don't care about him, but I care about the people that they are surrounding him with. You know? Yeah. So. They
0: need to do something with Karrion cross because once they've let those fans back into the Capitol Wrestling Center or whatever it is. And that kind of led to a whole discourse online about like how fans are bad and they smell bad and you should (laughs) feel bad for smelling bad and all that other stuff, right? Yeah. But there's one thing of like, oh, you know, people pointed out of the whole thing. It's like, oh, well, us, you know, booing Carrie and Cross and cheering Johnny Gargano is just like, the Becky Lynch thing. It's like, no, it's not. You know, the Becky Lynch thing, I felt like she was positioned, it was supposed to be a heel turn and she and Charlotte were just miscast. And then the next night, World Wrestling Entertainment tried to double down on it. So the fans like triple downed. Uh, I'm not saying triple stamped anyone's double stamp, but they tripled down and like, no, you're making the wrong decision. But I think Triple H has such a hard on for carrion cross and he's just not connecting he's just not clicking because there's something missing so they're just gonna feed as many people to him as they can and they have been doing that and nothing's happened and sadly I think they're going to take whatever reputation Samoan Joe has and you know try to Take a bite off that bunny and cram it down the throat of <laughs> K- Killer Karrion Cross, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, I I think that like there's two things that I look forward to of having WWE in front of a, a full capacity crowd, and that is not hearing the piped in Roman sucks chance because he doesn't suck; he's the head of the table. Uh, oh, don't
0: worry, they'll still be piped in chance.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, they won't be as obvious, I think, or I hope they won't. And then I'd like also to just to have just the sound of crickets or or the visible, you know, how you could tell that the crowd is not reacting to carrying cross, because obviously, as you say, they'll just pipe in cheers and a reaction, but you could tell when you look at the crowd. So I'm looking forward to those two things.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I think the, I think the killer carrying cross experiment. So what I think they need to do is they need to have, uh, once he's healed up again, have Damien priest come down, right?
2: Mm.
0: And he be the one not wrestles uh, uh, Killer Karrion Cross, but he interferes in the match and costs him the ma- the match and costs him the title, right? Okay. So now um, we get Karrion Cross off of NXT, and then he has an excuse to go to his ready made program on Monday Night Raw against <laughs> against <laughs> Damian Priest that I'll never see. <laughs>
1: In the three hour Bermuda Triangle <laughs> that is Monday Night Raw.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: All right. What do you got?
0: Okay. Uh got another dislike. Let's go. Um and this is something that happened like literally after we were done recording last week. And I say literally, I mean like seven, eight hours after we were done recording, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the injury sustained by Bailey. The week before, they're getting ready to go in front of fans. Um, Arguably one of the bright spots of World Wrestling Entertainment's pandemic-era wrestling. And now she's injured, having to go in for surgery. They said she's going to be out something like 12 to 18 months. Yikes. Um, So that really sucks. And I feel really bad for her. You don't want to see anyone... Get hurt, but obviously, like someone who was on TV in such a high-profile match, and this is causing World Wrestling Entertainment to obviously scramble and think on their feet and figure stuff out from there. Um, yeah, it just it just sucks. It really bummed me out that Friday uh, morning afternoon when I saw that come across the news
1: wire. Yeah, now this is also in my dislikes, but I want to expand upon it because I just have also in addition to the injury. As you alluded to the fallout from that uh and that is seeing Shotzi and Knox demoted to the main roster. Wow. <laughs> Now, obviously, if you're going to be sent down to one of the main roster shows, you want to be sent to SmackDown. But, uh, you know, good on them for that. But in the process, Shotzi loses her last name. Uh, Tegan Knox never really gets uh, her revenge on Candice or closure on the feud with Dakota and Raquel. Uh, it's still kind of up in the air whether or not she lost her first name, but we shall see. Uh, and then also Ember Moon loses her tag partner. And I mean, that was, at least by my eyes, a pretty over tag team in NXT and if you're going to bring up a team you know just to kind of fill the void on the women's roster why not have Shotzi and Ember Moon I I don't know why they had a mix and match um but whatever good on them for getting the main roster exposure but like you know obviously the injury sucks but I I a lot of head scratchers and what they did to adjust for it you know
0: right But they did their best. Um, You know, they brought up that Shotzi and Tegan uh, teamed up together before. And they mentioned that, I think, in a YouTube-exclusive promo. And they did give it a passing mention when Ember came out on NXT this week. So they're trying to make sense of these weird call-ups, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know what, like we listen to, uh, you know, we've listened to the podcasts uh, of the majors talking about like Deep South and how, you know, when those were kind of independent uh, developmentals where it's like, oh, hey, WWE's ready for this guy. And then they have to scramble and be like, oh, shit, that was our champion. And they have to book really quick. You know, it's almost like NXT still is treated that way, despite the fact that they're all the same company. You know, it's like, hey, we need somebody up here. We're just going to call them up irregardless of what you had planned.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> all right. I have one like left. So what do you have?
0: Uh, I only have one like left too.
1: It's your, uh, it's your turn in the barrel. Oh, all right. That's right. It was, you doubled up there. All right, Joe. Now bear with me for a second here. We talk a lot about WWE. We talk a lot about NXT and AEW, sometimes AIW and TNA, but I feel like not enough. Uh, time is devoted to uh, another upstart promotion. That's called the FWF. And uh, <laughs> th- <laughs> this past weekend, they held their their latest draft, their superstar shakeup, if you will. And I don't know, did you get a chance to listen to it, Joe, or watch it? I did. You did. All right. So I just want to, uh, as always, the FWF drafts are you know must see TV. Um, You know, coming hot off the heels of Major Fest and obviously the critically acclaimed night after Major Fest. Um, Check your local RSS feeds for that one. But, uh, you know, as always, the drafts are entertaining. And this year we had uh, Broski representing Turmoil and Smart Mark representing Thrill Zone. Uh, And great time, but I do have a bone to pick. Obviously, everybody got to keep as many champions as they wanted and smart mark kept uh razor ramon as the uh world champion as the fwf champion interstate
2: and everybody champion.
1: he's the interstate champion i apologize as the interstate champion so obviously broski really 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 wants um either macho man or scott hall correct yes so smart mark really 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 loves rick flair And Broski let Ric Flair slide all the way down to the fifth round where Smart Mark was able to grab him. So all Broski had to do was take Ric Flair with the first pick or the second pick. And he could have had his pick of the Thrill Zone roster. He could have traded Ric Flair for Macho, for Scott Hall. Uh, So despite the fact that that was a very good show, Broski is not very good at drafting. But you know who is good at drafting, Joe? Vansky. Vancey's very good at drafting, which is why I'm going to beat the doors off of Tim Taylor when I face him on the a show. But with that being said, the FWF draft, uh, very entertaining. I I watched it on my television, and I'm looking forward to six more months of television.
0: So we we need to have a discussion about this, and this is a perfect opportunity for us to do this, right? Okay. So... When we did this before, you know, there was the weekly shows, of course, and those were up on the free RSS feed. Now the fact that they are doing this as a monthly show and it's behind the $10 paywall, uh-huh. I don't feel as though it's I don't feel as though it would be a service to our listenership to do an in-depth review of a monthly high-end premium show of another podcast. <laughs>
1: Well, this is on At Odds Platinum, you know? It's for people with a discerning budget. No, I get you. It it, it does. uh, That's not going to stop me from sprinkling in references. But Of course, of course. I I agree with you. The idea of even doing a monthly recap is probably not feasible, you know? Yeah,
0: it's just, like, if it was, even if it was at the $5 level or the dollar level, I'd be like, okay, we could do this. But obviously when it was a free podcast that we were like, hey, go check out this free podcast, you know? Yeah. But... Uh, you know, Brian. Uh, I'm as checked out as Brian was during the draft. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you guys are a lot alike on that. I mean, and yes, I I think the FWF, at least the audio versions, should be on the dollar tier. Uh, but I guess we something. Yeah, I guess we can't all be great value Patreons like Longbox Heroes.
0: That's right. Yeah. Uh, but granted, we don't give out blurry cards to people or. <laughs> <laughs> stickers or whatever the hell it is that they give out on theirs, you know.
1: Ooh, oh, lo- soon to be named network trading cards. I want the Todd Roker rookie. <laughs> <laughs> now,
0: you know what? I-, I could talk about this on here because one Todd don't listen to this show, and two, Todd don't listen to podcasts. Yes. There had been discussions of us adding on to Longbox Heroes um like a new tier to give out like trading cards or whatever. Oh, really? I like the idea of soon-to-be-named network. Like, and it's just like one of those things like, okay, it's an idea, but let's kind of build what we have first before we start adding extra stuff in there, right? Yeah. Um. There was talk that Todd was going to give away pieces of the real wall. <laughs> um. But there was a lot of off-air discussion about these sort of things. But you bring up soon-to-be-named network trading cards... And I say the only way that we could get soon to be named network trading cards is if Todd names all the shows and all the hosts of all the shows correctly.
1: (laughs) All right. So the hosts, there's no chance because uh, the
0: shows, there's no chance.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That that was what I was going to get to. There's no chance he can name the shows. I mean, he thought he was on one the other day when he guest appeared on that comic book podcast. (laughs)
0: Uh, Fortress of Comic News, Chris Run show that Todd made an appearance on, of course. And if you go over to soon to be com, you can see Todd's appearance there, you know. But yeah. here is appearance. Todd, too good for video. But then again, so are we, you know. <laughs>
1: But yeah, dude, uh, just, uh, I would, uh, I would buy up lots of my cards, you know, from the, for the gimmick table after all, uh, you know, and then, uh, I'd have to, you know, have at least two of everybody else's cards so I can have a, a signed one and an unsigned one. Of course. You know, <laughs> send them out to PSA. But, we're... Later. but I, I just think that we're not big enough
0: to do like a full trading card set, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I know how costly those things can get made to print, you know?
1: Mm. All right. We need, we need to get another 20,000 listeners. Yes. uh, And then we'll be set, but that's all my likes and dislikes. Do you have any more? I do.
0: I got one more like Uh, and two weeks in a row, the hangman, Adam page, Kenny Omega segment on dynamite makes my likes.
2: Oh, Uh, I
0: really like the way this is being built. Um, Crowd is super hot for Paige when he comes out, you know. Mm. Um, Kenny gets pluses because he was the only one of the elite that kept his shitty facial hair, you know. <laughs> um, and they set up for not next week, but like I think what for Fight for the Fallen, maybe right?
1: I, I thought it was. I thought it was like Fighter Fest night two, but I could be wrong.
0: No, it's I, it's definitely not night two. I think it's uh, it's not next week. I think it's the week after where it's a five-on-five elimination match of the Elite versus the uh, Hangman of the Dark Order. Uh, And if Hangman wins, he gets the match with Kenny. But if uh, the Elite wins, then Hangman can't get a shot while Kenny's the champ.
1: Yeah, and also uh, if the faces win, Dark Order gets a shot at the tag titles, too.
0: Right, right. So it's interesting to see what members of the Dark Order are going to be there. I'm assuming... The only reason... so. I'm going to guess it's It's being held off because they want to make sure that John Silver's cleared to wrestle. Yeah, because Silver absolutely needs to be in that match. I would assume that it would be like Silver Reynolds, maybe 10 and five, maybe. So that's the thing. There's the mystery of who from the Dark Order is going to be on that
1: team because there's so many members of the Dark Order. Hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, you'd want to obviously try to get, you know, Stu and Uno in there somehow. But if somebody's the odd man out, you can have Evil Uno just be at ringside cutting promos and have Stu Grayson in the ring. Or you, get, lo- you get
0: Cabana in there. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. a lot of different options of folks that you yeah. get in there. Negative so I'm really, one. yeah, like we kind of fantasy booked a lot of this last week of like where we think it could go and where it should go. And then they pulled this out of nowhere. And I'm like, God damn, didn't see this coming. I love it. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I can almost see, depending on how they book it, you know, having, a, as we had desired last week, keeping Kenny and uh, Hangman away from each other, even though they're in the same match. You know, every time Hangman's in there, Kenny tags out, you know, even if it, uh, if you have to do it hold off until they're like the final two or something like that. But there's a lot of storylines that you can do in elimination matches. I, I miss them being a more standard thing, you know? Yes, because I feel like, every indie show you watch has 87 scramble matches, you know, with like 20 different people on each side uh, and, and having like an elimination style where one team gets the advantage. And then the heroic baby face fights back uh, is like a lost art.
0: I'm all for it. I'm excited. aew has got a hot hand. They got the jump on world wrestling entertainment by doing the shows first in front of live crowds. Um, you know, they say it's not a war, but it's absolutely a war, you know?
1: Yeah. And I don't know if you realize this, Joe, the the side that's losing the war has a pay-per-view this weekend. What? It's
2: Sammy Sami Zayn's kicking down to the ring. It's Kobe Kofi Kingston. Standing- Out. Joe
1: know the that is right. According to Wikipedia, the most trusted source of wrestling information and news, WWE will be hosting Money in the Bank this Sunday. Uh, and Joe, according to Wikipedia, there are six matches announced. Uh, I am sure that tomorrow night, when uh SmackDown happens, you know, all of this will be thrown out. But as of right now. Six matches with nothing announced for the pre-show. Can you name the card? Do you know it? Uh, I'm gonna say no. <laughs> What's gonna trip
0: me up is the people in the Money in the Bank match itself, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, the actual match matches that are on the show, I think I got.
1: All right. Start with the match matches.
0: Okay. Um, you got Bob Lashley versus Kofi Kingston. Yep. Uh, You got Roman Reigns versus Edge. Yep. Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair again?
1: Oh, yep, yep, why not?
0: (laughs) Okay, Uh, and again, another weird one, Viking Raiders versus AJ and Omos.
1: Yep, that is all four of the match matches.
0: Okay, so now it's the the Money in the Bank matches. (sighs) There's eight people in each match?
1: Uh, yes. Eight in each. Okay.
0: And so there's going to be another thing that shows my hand. So for the men's match on the SmackDown side. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. I know it's Seth Rollins, Big E, Kevin Owens, and Sad, or uh, no, I almost said Sad Sack Corbin, but he lost because he's a Sad Sack, and Nakamura, <laughs> right? King
1: Nakamura, yes. Okay. On
0: the, on the Raw side, Okay. I know Ricochet's in it. Yep. And I know John Morrison's in it because The Miz is injured. I know Drew McIntyre's in it.
1: All right, you're just missing one.
0: <sighs> Shit.
1: It, all right, I'll give you a hint, Joe.
2: Don't give me a hint. Don't give me a hint. Damn it. It's not... Is it Sheamus? No. Okay. Um,
0: it's not Randy Orton because he hasn't been on TV in a while I can't think of who the eighth guy is in
1: the men's if this man wins then Orton wins that was the storyline reason to get this guy involved in this was oh, is that is it Matt Riddle it is it's your boy Matt Riddle oh my goodness <laughs> Ugh, okay. <laughs> and that's the storyline? Yeah, because they were Team RK Bro, and then Orton disappeared, and... I don't know, it was Raw, I don't pay much attention, but it was yeah. basically Riddle saying that, like, oh, if I win this, then, then Randy wins. It might have been the qualifier situation, but uh, somebody please don't correct me, because I don't want to give Raw that much thought. But, uh, yeah, so it's Matt Riddle. Now, the
0: women's match, I think... I could do maybe better on, but I'm going to falter on raw, you know? All right. SmackDown side is Zelina Vega.
1: Yep.
0: Liv Morgan. Mm hmm. Carmela. Incorrect. Carmela's. Oh, that's right. They pulled Carmela out because she has the match with Bianca.
1: Yes. Which is not on the, the Wikipedia listing, but I'm sure will happen.
0: Well, no, no. Okay, right. Okay, so, because they pulled Carmella out because Carmella's facing Bianca on SmackDown this week, right?
1: Okay, yeah, that makes more sense.
0: And then the winner, then, like, Bianca's going to go and have another match, maybe with Sasha Banks at the pay-per-view?
1: All right, so back to, uh you said, Zelina Vega and Liv Morgan. Okay. I know
2: uh
0: Alexa Bliss is in it.
1: And gonna win it, but go ahead, yes.
0: I know uh Asuka's in it. Yeah. I know Nikki Cross is in it.
1: Uh I don't know who Nikki Cross is, Joe.
0: Oh Nikki Ash?
1: There you go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that's all I got.
1: Uh you have uh Mrs. Uso. Okay. Named- Naomi. Um, uh, Naomi sure sure and uh, you have uh, just one of the a- absolute best winking into the microphone women's tag teams ever they oh, they both in it the reigning and defending champions
0: Natalia and Tamina are
1: both in it yeah I bet you're oh. excited about that <laughs> that's that's peculiar <laughs> okay yeah, yeah, they're you know of course have your your women's tag team champions. You know they're the workhorses of the brand because I can't tell you how many times I, I watch shows and I'm like, yay, Natalia's wrestling, uh, so uh, you know get them in the match. And uh, Tamina, she's also a person, uh, so yeah, they're all in it. But yeah, that's the show, Joe. All six matches.
0: Yeah, it sounds like uh, quite the winner, you know. All right, who's winning the Money in the Banks?
1: I already said Alexa's winning the uh, women's, so we can skip that one. But uh, if you'd like to speak about the men's. Drew people... has to win. Drew McIntyre. Uh, see, now I, I I completely disagree.
0: I'd love for it to be Kevin Owens, but I think it's going to be Drew McIntyre.
1: Uh, why not Big E?
0: Um, we got more to do with Big E. Uh Biggie still, I don't think this is his time.
1: See, I see, at least when done properly, and I guess that's me giving the WWE way too much credit, but the money in the bank should be a way to kind of elevate somebody. And Drew McIntyre has just spent the last two years being the top guy, so the money in the bank isn't really suited for him. Plus, the money in the bank is sometimes used as like a shortcut, uh, or at least a way to call your shot, and Drew McIntyre's already getting you know, world title matches on the regular. So mm-hmm. it just does, doesn't make sense for him to get it. Well, it um, does,
0: because his match that he had with Lashley at the last pay-per-view was his last chance. Yeah. As long as Lashley was the champion. But now if Drew wins the money in the bank, that supersedes that rule, yes?
1: Uh, sure, but that's stupid. Like, the whole thing's dumb. Yeah, well, uh, I didn't say it was a genius <laughs> idea, you know? Yeah, I mean... Big E is your choice 1A. Uh Kevin Owens would be also satisfactory. Um, I just do not see them giving it to uh Drew, but if you know I could be wrong. And obviously I am picking Alexa, but uh I will allow you to disagree with me, and I assume you're going with Tamina.
0: No, stop it. Um <laughs> I'm going with uh Nikki Cross. I know you say Nikki Ash, but I say Nikki Cross, you know?
1: Uh all right, taking Alexa out of this, uh, I I think that they've kind of fallen off on Asuka and Naomi recently. Um, I feel like they're just getting ready to just start punishing Zelina Vega for having the gall to re-sign with them. So I can say uh, Liv Morgan would be my backup choice just because she has been beating everybody that's been in the, the ladder match recently.
0: Liv Morgan's a good choice, but I don't see her, like, I see this one being, like, a raw uh, Money in the Bank thing, you know? yeah. Uh, but I could see you going with one goes to Ron, one goes to SmackDown. Um, yeah, you, you make a good cois- case for Big i um, I'm going with, like I said, sentimental choice Kevin Owens, storyline choice uh, Drew McIntyre.
1: Yeah. And obviously Roman retains easily over Edge. I think we're in agreement there. Uh, Rhea Ripley probably beat Charlotte Flair.
0: Yeah, I I so don't care about that program.
1: Yeah. Bobby Lashley's beating Kofi, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Yeah. And I'd like to see the Viking Raiders get the belts off of Styles and Omos, because I think that I forget that the Raw tag titles still are a thing, because, you know, AJ does nothing for that belt.
0: Right, and it's time to move AJ, and no offense to Omos, But it's time to move AJ back to, like, the top of the card, singles, matches, and that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'd like to see – I mean, take AJ – I mean, SmackDown's a very crowded brand. But uh, I'd like to see one less in-ring performer that I enjoy watching the in-ring work of. Right. (laughs) uh, One less one on Raw would be nice. But I don't know. But, yeah, I think we're in pretty much agreement on Money in the Bank. And then, obviously, like you said, we're going to have the SmackDown women something going on and probably seven more matches you'll have the cool dads in action somehow <laughs> you know um but yeah i think uh i don't know i'll watch the latter matches i'll watch mr uwa man that's about it
0: yeah it'll be interesting you know
1: yeah but the good news is that whenever there is a pay-per-view we don't have show homework which unfortunately for you was not the case this past weekend cuz i gave you homework joe and yourself
0: that's true so we uh had to watch per adam's assignment the nightmare family showcase two uh came out a couple months ago the link to it it's on youtube you know you put nightmare family showcase it'll come up If you did not watch, you can always head head over to our friend Kevin's website, Mask Library. He always does a write-up alongside of these shows uh, when we have to review them. Um, Now, I want to point something out, and again, I'm not... um, So this was my assignment, so I have to do all this, right?
1: Yep, I just get to chime in. Okay.
0: So, uh... Like the last time we did one of these Nightmare Family showcases, the commentator, the main commentator, the lead commentator, did not introduce himself. But I made sure to point out how bad he was at his job.
1: I'm going to disagree with you. Right at the very beginning of the first match, he did introduce himself. I wrote it down.
0: Right, well, what I'm saying is that when we watched the first Nightmare Family thing, he didn't introduce himself.
1: Oh, okay, I thought you were saying that he did this time as well, my bad.
0: No, no. Um, But then, like, you know, weeks or whatever it was later, I found out that the commentator was Glacier.
1: (laughs) Ooh, Glacier from, like, Blood Runs Cold?
0: Yes, Ray Lloyd, Glacier, and then he does introduce himself here. So at least now when I go over this, I could specifically say Glacier said this bad, wrong thing on commentary, right? (laughs) Yeah. I could put a point to it, okay? Yeah. (laughs) Now, uh, so the the show starts off with them saying that these people all came and did a 12-week training camp, okay? Yeah. They were attempting to present this as that these were, like, fresh off the turnip truck, people with stars in their eyes of... of, (laughs) of freedom and fandom, and in a quick 12-week course, they were shown how to be professional wrestlers, okay? Yeah, like fantasy camp. Yeah, know? like fantasy camp, okay? That's not the truth. A lot of these guys and gals are established, just we've never heard of, some long time independent wrestlers. Once we get to the main event, people who were on the previous Nightmare Showcase, and now... Again, it's the presentation of it was, I think, I don't want to say dishonest.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I think the people who paid might say that. But <laughs> us watching at home, them presenting this as like a 12-week fantasy camp of people fresh off the turnip t- truck was a little misleading, I'll say.
1: Okay? Yes. Newsflash, Joe Spose was surprised by the carniness of wrestling.
0: <laughs> well, you can narrow that down and say the carniness of a specific one or two, three people involved with putting the show together.
1: Oh, I know you hate QT, but go ahead.
0: (laughs) And I'm going to do my best um, to be easy on some of these guys, but I do have to address what was going on in front of me as I watch the show. Okay. Yeah. Uh, So the opening match is um, Trip Jordy versus the rude dragon versus the um no my apologies so it's uh it was trip Jordy versus the eight appendage anomaly
1: rude <laughs> dragon okay yes and i just want to say while you're before you get in there during the introductions of these two people i was already checking to see how much time was left on the recording oh
0: my god <laughs> okay so this your opening contest these guys are both very green their strikes were embarrassingly bad um i did look, presentation wise though i like the idea like the eight appendage anomaly rude dragon like strikes like such a chakara chord with me
1: yeah yeah
0: i liked his mask but like why was he coming out like just wearing like a normal like dude's hooded sweatshirt shirt you know
1: <laughs> yeah Maybe he um, got the, the hood from, like, a bag of gimmicks because it's sure. not being used anymore.
0: <laughs> it was chilly at the Cody Russell Factor, whatever the hell it's called, right? Yeah. Now, <laughs> I also want to mention toward the end of the match when Rude Dragon does, like, this springboard leg-droppy thing, there's mm. a real weird camera cut or a weird, real weird edit, okay? And I only bring that up is because it plays into something that happens a little bit later on where, like, I feel – well, we'll get to it when we get to it, okay? But let's just say – I want to point out there was a really weird camera edit on a a leg drop off the – like a springboard leg drop deal. Uh, Trip Jordy wins the match, okay?
1: Yeah, I I think – I didn't make a note of it, but I I did notice that there's a few points that looked like glitches in the Matrix where I'm like, "Eh, maybe something was fixed here, you know?
0: Right, right. Okay, and again, I'm glad you noticed it too, and I'm glad it was, you know, here, right? Yeah. Okay, so our next match uh is the British Wolf versus Marcus Ericks yep. versus Charlie Avell and Dean Hiram, okay?
1: Yep. Accompanied so right off the, the rip. Oh, I was gonna say accompanied to the ring by Karma Dean.
0: Well we'll get there. We'll get uh, there. <laughs> so right off the rip, we get this seven minute intro to British Wolf's <laughs> entrance music before he comes out. Yeah. Could have cleaned that up in editing a little bit. Uh, So the ring announcer announces Dean Hiram. Then ahead of him coming out, the Chiron comes up and says, Karma Dean. And I'm like, oh, did they fuck this up? I'm like, are they putting a girl in this match? No, Karma Dean is the manager of Dean Hiram. Like, are they related? I like let's let's not put the two people that have Dean in their name together. More yeah. on people with the same name being put together later on in the show.
1: Yeah, and, and also there are three people named Dean on this entire show. <laughs> you know, this, like
0: <laughs> this is why Vince changed people's names so people like me wouldn't get confused. You know.
1: Yeah, I think Dean Hiram should have been just William Hiram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or just Hiram, right? Something. Yeah, that way that that's actually better. Uh I do have before you get to the match, uh for Marcus Eric's in my notes I have that he's a human Sega Genesis commercial because of his hair. And uh Charlie Avell is a juggalo vampiro.
0: Was he the guy like with the real bad King Diamond makeup?
1: Yeah. It was all like yeah, it looked like it was all painted and whatever.
0: <laughs> uh so this match was fine, whatever, okay. <laughs> Uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Charlie Avell won.
1: Yeah. We all won in the end, Joe.
0: <laughs> so next up, we have Aaron Dallas and Aaron Kirk taking on the team of the bodyguard Austin Green and Ollie the Diamond Sheik. Okay. I have a thousand things. <laughs> uh, to go on about this right. so they introduce um aaron kirk as the family guy aaron kirk uh-huh. the commentary calls him the family man or no they call him the american family man they never call him what he was introduced as okay
2: mm-hmm.
0: they mention on commentary that aaron dallas is a steel worker So that triggers Glacier to stop calling him Aaron Dallas and start calling him Aaron Steele for the majority of the match. (laughs) Uh, On paper, I love the look and presentation of the Bodyguard and the Diamond Sheik. Diamond Sheik and the Bodyguard were actually on AEW Dark this past week. Oh. And Taz put the Diamond Sheik over Huge. He said that he's known the Diamond Sheik for years. He's the guy that Taz said the Diamond Sheik is who he gets all of his gems and rubies from. (laughs) i have also purchased three Rolexes from him. He wears one on his wrist and one on each of his ankles. (laughs) So, you know, that's kind of code. When you watch AEW Dark, the people that Taz, like, jokes around about and says good positive things about, he likes. Yeah, And the people that he says nothing about, or maybe takes pot shots at, or Excalibur whispers shit for Taz to say about the person, Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe Taz don't like him so much.
1: Yeah. And, and I, I don't know if you're going to get to this, but uh, again, going back to the these are all people on a fantasy wrestling camp, they mentioned that Aaron Kirks uh, used to wrestle, and this is his first match in 13 years. But mm-hmm. he's like an experienced guy, I guess, or whatever. So, uh, and again, so is the Diamond
0: Sheik, and so is uh the bodyguard.
1: Yes, uh, well, the, the bodyguard is the third member of the Authors of Pain.
0: Oh, he did look very Authors of Pain esque, but Diamond Sheik has like an extensive YouTube page of like cat videos and <laughs> wrestling matches from the last like three or four years, right? <laughs> so, like I said, on paper, presentation, the look, the feel of the bodyguard and diamond chic is great execution here. And again, I don't want to paint them. The two of them with this brush I'm painting, whoever agent did this match for them. So the match starts off with the diamond Sheik coming in and offering to pay the guy off. They rebuff it. bodyguard comes in besides the fact that these other two guys like bump the bodyguard around, like way too much. Mm-hmm. Then the first time that the bodyguard makes the tag for the diamond Sheik to come in, they do a partner's miscommunication spot, right? Mm-hmm. Then they do another partner's miscommunication spot, like, almost immediately afterwards. Like, who, like I, maybe they got nervous. Maybe whoever agent of the match. But, like, this is the, the t- tried and true million-dollar man-esque character, right? Um, And I can't believe they fucked up these guys so much. Like I said, they looked great. And I hope them getting on Dark this week means that maybe they'll get, like, used as, like, a Dark-level talent going forward as, like, an act, you know?
1: Yeah. And, you know, just have it be, like, a half-comedy act with, like, the chic, you know, not being taken seriously and uh, Austin Green, the bodyguard, you know, being the heavy uh, I, I liked a lot of things about their presentation. I even write down to the chic being introduced uh, in the amount of carrots that he weighs on uh, the gem, not the food. Yes. <laughs> and, and how he was giving away necklaces to people in the crowd. I would have liked him to give the necklaces to people and then the bodyguard remove them right afterwards, you know, just as a just to reinforce the whole like, you know, being rich, but wanting to keep the wealth. Uh, but I I think there's a lot to do in there. But I agree uh, they were presented as if they were just all four people were equally matched, you know? Yeah. Uh, so.
0: uh, So next up, we have uh Hyena Hera and <laughs> making her second appearance, Karma Dean taking on the team of Spencer Kitts and Julia Hart. Yay. (laughs) Now I'll say this, uh, this aired on YouTube in May. So let's say that this was probably recorded sometime like in April. Okay. I don't think this was edited live to tape. (laughs) Um, But Julia Hart actually has developed quite a bit from this to how she is on TV Physicality was great in the ring But her only thing that she did Was just say her name
1: Yeah I well I mean she did not cut As riveting of a promo as Spencer Kitts did at the beginning you know
0: Yeah hard and it was hard. weird that Spencer Kitts got to cut A promo beforehand <laughs> um, Like it was the Like the heel face dynamic in this was Really weird and um, They do the gimmick Where somebody goes like they Blow out their knee on a dive Or something yeah. And the other person goes to help them and literally walks them four feet before the other person turns on them.
1: <laughs> well, the the funny thing was uh, the one who was supposed to hurt her knee was uh, Dean Karma. So she was standing on the apron and you could tell that the spot was that Julia was supposed to run the ropes and bump into uh, karma causing her to go down to the floor, but she missed the first time. So she did it again just so that she could knock him off. So all Dean karma did was jump from the apron down to the floor. Yeah. Uh, That was the big dive. But, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, this match
0: was bad and I felt bad watching it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed certain parts of it. Uh, I guess you could put me on the list of of people that enjoy Julie Hart's in-ring work. Uh, So, uh, but yeah, it it best left unsaid for most of it. Hyena fits. Okay. Don't
0: let this be a judge of what Julie Hart has done over the last like four or five months, right? Yeah. She's much better now.
1: Yeah. And uh, shout out to her her finisher, which is called Julia's Split Splash.
0: (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh.
1: I wrote that down.
0: (laughs) So next up, Adam, I want you to count with me, okay? All right. New York Menace. Yep. Jacob Thomas. Uh Uh-huh. Lewis Lessons. Yep. Charlie Platt. Yep. J.D. Brady.
1: Uh
0: Uh-huh. Aya Lobo. Uh Uh-huh. Liam Hazan. Yep. And uh, Nadea? Yeah. How many people is that, Adam?
1: Well, that is eight, but you missed one.
0: Who did I miss?
1: Uh, The Spanish Nightmare, Chris Martinez.
0: Okay, Spanish Nightmare, Chris Martinez. My apologies.
1: So that puts you at nine, assuming nobody else shows up to play beer pong during the match.
0: Okay, so it's a battle royal where only nine people come out for, okay? On commentary, they keep calling it a ten-man battle royal. So I'm like, okay, there's somebody else going to come out? And then another guy comes out, Jet Dabe, who sets up a table, and they keep the camera on him while he fumble-fucks around with the table and can't get it set up, and they <laughs> miss an elimination. <laughs> And he sets up a beer pong thing outside and has one of the, like, fans there do the beer pong with him. And then he gets into the ring and is immediately eliminated just so that they can get a table at ringside. (laughs) So it was him and there was one other guy in this match, and I forget which guy it was, who, like, literally did nothing. Like, within the first, like, 40 seconds of the match, he just got scared by New York menace and eliminated himself.
1: (laughs) What do you look like? Do you remember?
0: Uh, Nondescript, lame, white guy. Uh,
1: That might be J.D. Brady, because I have in my notes, undercooked Dan Champion.
0: Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So there was two guys in this battle royal. One guy with the gimmick, uh, Jet Dade, and this other guy who I think probably sucked shit during training. (laughs) But because their checks cleared, they had to get them on the show somehow.
1: Yeah, this is like, uh, you know, when you go to camp, there's the one big show at the end for your parents, and you're you're contractually obligated to be on the show.
0: Right. Even if you're just one of the seven kids dressed as a tree, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I just want to say in my notes here, Charlie Platt, I also have written down here, is fully grown Marco Stunt.
0: oh yeah sure (laughs) so this is another one you mentioned it in the previous match where like the whole spot with the dive or whatever it was kind of got fucked up yeah the finish of this battle royal completely gets fucked up and they just do it again um what the hell uh like i'm trying to think exactly like the beats of it you know Mm -hmm. but it was like the guy was on the apron The other guy charges at him. He was supposed to, like, sidestep him, so his head goes through the ropes and then pulls him out of the apron, fight, 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 fight on the apron, and then they get bumped off the... Like, the other guy gets bumped off the apron, but as the guy was coming through the ropes, the other guy, like, forgot to kick him, Mm -hmm. so he just kind of had to stand there. (laughs) And wait for the other guy to, you know, whatever. And I think was it because Le- it was Chris Martinez who won big match, Chris as they called him, oh, which yeah. I think was one of those ironic nicknames.
1: <laughs> There's only one big match guy I know. It ain't Chris.
0: So it was the fact that they screwed up the finish of the battle royal, and like these two green guys had to like improvise and mm-hmm. do the finish again. And it just looked really bad, and I think it did them dirty by doing so, right? Yeah. And also, uh, Liam Hazan's tights were too tiny. I didn't like him.
1: <laughs> He's the guy that they kept putting over as being this, like, uh, world-class kickboxer. Yeah. But he has, like, legs the size of twigs. You know? <sighs> um,
0: and, but like I said, this match was whatever. It's the battle royal where you throw everyone in, right? Yeah. So now it's time for our main event, and before we get to our main event, if I knew ahead of time that we could have did a drinking game with this show, (laughs) and every time that Glacier said, this person really impressed in these last 12 weeks, I can't wait to see what they do here, he said that for every single person that came out.
1: Yeah, I think that's also in the contract for the Fantasy Camp. Right. (laughs) To get put Uh, over on commentary by... Hall of Fame eligible glacier.
0: <laughs> so our main event is Dean Alexander who There's was on Dean's the, pre- the charm. What? Third Dean's the charm. Ugh. <laughs> who was on the previous student showcase, right? Mm. Taking on Dylan McQueen uh who is a very established like Georgia independent wrestler. Um, you know, there's matches of him in like action that you could find on Jerry's internet wrestling emporium. He even has a match on his YouTube channel of him wrestling Jerry the King Lawler, you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but so last time we saw Dean Alexander, he was just a guy, right? Yeah, this time he comes out and he's got the fur coat. And he's smoking the cigar and he's got the girl and he heals on the girl. When he comes out, he's treating her poorly. The girl's never named. The girl does not stay at ringside. So it looks as though they like this guy and they feel as though he has something. But I don't think this character, this gimmick was him.
1: Hmm. I can see that. So, so uh, how, what are you booking him as, Joe? Real quick.
0: Um, I think nope. you could book him just like as a, a guy who's trying to find his place, you know, just he's a dude, he's really proficient in the ring, he's missing that something, and you have him pop up on Dark or one of the 17 YouTube shows that everyone in AEW films
2: mm-hmm.
0: of him trying like, hey, let me in the wingman, you know, <laughs> I could be a great wingman. And it's him, like, let, and then, like, all the way up to, like, let's say, let me in Team Taz, let me in the Dark Order, let me in the Elite. And you could do, like, an episode, or you could do multiple episodes of, like, him as, like, the temporary guy in there. Like, oh, let me in Best Friends, or whatever it is, as he's trying to find out who he really is. Yeah. And then, depending on how all that gets over, if he ends up having chemistry with one of these groups, you put him in one of those groups... You end up – he ends up being kind of like a breakout star on his own, and you could do the thing where he reveals it's like, hey, you know, all this time trying to figure out where I fit in, I don't need to fit in. I'm just going to be myself.
1: Yeah, no gimmicks needed, Dean Alexander.
0: Yeah, and you could do no gimmicks needed. You could do it as a babyface. You could do it as a heel. He's good in the ring, and obviously because he was on both these showcases, they think highly of him. But I just didn't – like, it's not like this was offensive, but, like, this was a gimmick for someone else.
1: Mm-hmm. It doesn't really fit his look either, you know, like he's yeah. not like a pretty boy or like just, yeah, he's just kind of nondescript. And I don't mean that as an insult, but he doesn't have that kind of like Ric flair you know, look where he's going to have a girl on his arm. All right. But I, you love the match, though, right? Match was fine. Yeah.
0: Um, And Dylan <laughs> McQueen was fine. Like I said, the match was strangely worked, Um, you know, because I think... Um, if this wasn't AEW affiliated, they might have booked the role reversal of who is the heel and who is the babyface in this match. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Dylan McQueen won. Dean Alexander throws a temper tantrum. The Dark Order music plays. Uh, 10, 5, and negative 1 come out. <laughs> and negative 1 um, gives the dude a super kick. Lays him out and tells him that he's uh he lost now he's lost three times because they like negative one pins him and they count the fall yeah. now he's lost three times no one will ever know who he is and then ends the show by crotch chopping saying <laughs> suck it.
1: You know when I was watching this I had hoped. Uh, because one of the the biggest surprises that popped me from the last one was obviously the Dark Order as well as Anna J. And uh, while this was not Anna J., I'd say that having negative one on there is is almost as good if not better. Yes. <laughs> I I think that they. Should, <laughs> I don't know, man. I I look forward to these little little things at the end there. Uh, hopefully it becomes. You know, next year when I assign, you know, the third annual and so on and so forth, you know, I'm sure at some point we'll see negative one in a full-blown match, you know, as he gets older.
0: For sure. As long as he keeps his grades up.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But I would say not the worst homework I assigned, right?
0: Um, no, not the worst. Um, yeah. you know, I had fun watching it for the most part. The first one was definitely better. Okay. You know, uh, the first Nightmare Showcase I thought was better. Um, I just think there was a lot of good um, ideas, bad execution. And the fact that they did, like, whatever that weird edit was in the first match, and then had two more matches on the show that had fucked up, like, fucked up finishes... Were fucked up spots in the match that they could have very easily edited and fixed, and they didn't. Makes me feel as though whoever was assigned to edit this was really gung ho about cleaning stuff up for the first and second matches, and then <laughs> lost interest in fixing things by it got to the by the time it got to the end.
1: It's like the editor had the same uh, enthusiasm as I do taking my notes for show homework. <laughs> you know, lots of notes for the first few matches. It slowly thins out as I go. <laughs> right. But obviously, no show homework this weekend because of the pay-per-view. So everybody gets gets the weekend off. Right. And then I'm sure we'll reconvene next week with some Chikara.
0: Right. I already mentioned it to Adam. Um, You know, you can go find it. We're skipping over the Ontario show. Not that it's, uh, you know, not important. But, you know, we got to move things along. And uh, in two weeks, we'll be watching the Chikara event titled Smack in the middle uh, that emanated from Syracuse, New York. Um, I don't know the – I should know the card off the top of my head. Uh, I don't. But just to give you a teaser, no supplemental material for this one. We're going to save the supplemental material for the next show. Um, We've got Deviant taking on Green Ant. uh, Jakob Hammermeyer taking on Sugar Dunkerton. The Shard versus Jigsaw. Tim Donst versus Sarah Del Rey. The Bravado Brothers versus Ultramantis Black and Hollow Wicked. Um, A Young Lions Cup Eliminator match. To be honest, you can probably skip it. Um, Mm A Ant taking on Soldier Ant. Uh, Ophidian, and uh, it's Ophidian. Icarus, Gargano, and Taylor taking on 3.0 Granikuman El Generico. Um, which not only is a hell of a match, has a fant what I would say one of the more legendary slept on Chikara promos of all time. Um and then the main event is Eddie Kingston defending uh the grand championship against a two B very good professional wrestler in Datcher Hatfield.
1: No, all right. And I would be remiss just when we were covering uh our last Chikara homework. I completely forgot and we did not cover it. But at the very end of the How to Hatch a Dinosaur show, after the credits, uh, as pointed out by the Chikara special, there was an after-credits scene involving a very dejected uh, Archibald Archibald Peck. So I had to go back after I watched the show, after we did the podcast, and I checked that out. Uh, just because I am uh, an MMA completist. So I had to go and check that out.
0: More on that in the supplemental material for the show after this one. Okay. And, uh, yeah, and, hey, if you listened to me when I was on Hellion's Talks last week or two weeks ago, whatever that was, uh, this event, smack in the middle, is where I met Kevin uh, of, uh, you know, the House Show, the House Glow, all those podcasts, Hellion's Talks. I actually met Kevin at this show.
1: Ah, as he, as he, with his sweaty palms and, like, nervous, you know, comes up to you and says, excuse me, Mr. Chikarson.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: (laughs) Anyway. As he was terrified to talk to you. <laughs> hey, his uh, words, not mine.
0: <laughs> so, uh, Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium in is where you can watch those shows that I signed uh, from the 2012 year of Chikara, aka independentwrestling.tv. Uh, use the promo code at odds. You get no five free days if you're a new subscriber, but we get credit if you stay on. Um, as we broke last week, uh, the five free days is probably done forever. Uh, but use those promo codes if you're new subscribers, like I said. Uh, I mentioned the upcoming 100th defense of the independent wrestling title on August 8th. Uh, apparently not only did I spoil some matches that had not been announced yet, <laughs> um, but also I jinxed that six-man match that
1: I teased.
0: Aww. Um, The people I mentioned are going to be there. The people I didn't mention, maybe one's not going to be there.
1: See, that just proves why you have to check out this podcast every week, because you never know what you're going to inadvertently spoil.
0: Yeah, you never know what dumb shit I'm going to say and get myself in trouble for, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But this weekend, uh, taking a break, only two live streaming shows, Saturday H2O uh, event, Can't Take Me Alive and Sunday beyond wwr plus those two events are streaming live on jerry's internet wrestling emporium aka independentwrestling.tv we have a t public store that you can find at tinyurl.com/longboxheroes uh that includes designs inspired by this show uh longbox heroes after dark longbox heroes final wrestling place a sh- uh a design Uh, honoring the Jingle Meister himself, David Cannon, who does a lot of the bumpers and interstitials that you hear on this show, other shows on the soon-to-be-named network, other shows off of the soon-to-be-named network. Don't buy anything this week. Wait till next week. Next Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday is the 35% off sale. So if you're itching to get something, uh, the Odds logo on a cell phone case or a notebook, wait till Mm -hmm. next week and get that 35% off.
1: And, and Joe, I don't think we mentioned it last week, but uh be sure to use uh our click through for all of your Amazon purchases.
0: Oh that's right in any of the show notes that you go to uh for any of the Addods uh episodes, there's a link in the show notes that's uh they call it uh our affiliate link uh it's a way that we can tell you that Amazon exists, and you could help us out because Amazon gives us a little bit of a kickback for us this giant podcast directing Mm. you to that little company known as Amazon. Uh, And also I'll mention uh, up until the first week of August uh, you know, the, the prime affiliate deals have uh, what they call bounties, right? If you sign up for any of like the prime, whatever things, you know, prime books, prime music, prime, whatever you sign up for the free trial through our link, we get a credit. Usually it's two bucks, right? Mm. For the next 30 days, if you sign up for Amazon Prime Video for the free trial using our link, we get 10 bucks. Oh, shit.
1: And it yeah. doesn't cost them anything for the right. trial. And
0: that Right. So you sign up for that Amazon. And, and so the issue is, is, like, I have Amazon Prime, and Prime Video is already included in my Amazon Prime membership, right? Yeah. But there's people that don't have Amazon Prime, and a lot of that stuff that you get with the main Prime membership is, like, all piecemealed out. If you don't have prime video, sign up for the free trial, use our link to do so, cancel it the next day, we get 10 bucks.
1: Hmm. That's an opportunity and a half right there. <laughs> it's it's almost like
0: buying in meat at one Kroger's and returning it at two different ones.
1: <laughs> almost. Yeah. I'm looking forward to some people buying some weird shit through the click through. I you know this is the uncensored show you know and everybody's just buying like fucking batteries and cell phone cases and stuff <laughs> buy some weird stuff because we can read it we won't be able to know who did it but we can share with the world all these fucking sex swings and shit that you weirdos buy buy them through our click through I'd love oh to hear about them. <laughs> that's a way to get them to do it call them weirdos <laughs> they know who they are <laughs> But anyway, speaking of weirdos, there's some other podcasts <laughs> you should listen to. Uh, not all these people are weirdos. Most of them are good people. Uh, Final Wrestling Place, Long Box Heroes, We Need Wrestling, Porch Talk. Oh, there's some weirdos on that show. Uh, Wrestling Cheers, Between the Sheets, The House Show Podcast, Viewer's Choice, Pod Van Dam, Not Another Sports Podcast, Hellions Talk, and The A-Show. A's That's all for the regular show, I think, today, Joe.
0: Uh, I would say so. So, uh, episode 147 is done. We're going to get into some weekly purchases here. Oh yeah. (laughs) So I got one and I think Adam's got
1: 40. So. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? I I have a couple too, Tree. Uh, I'm going to do, uh, as, as we discussed on the previous episode, uh, this past weekend, I went out to the Long Island area to hang out with friend of the show, Jay Gold, Uh, We went to a bunch of different wrestling toy stores and uh, toy stores in general. Uh, But before I went there, I did make some purchases on eBay uh, and through local retailers. I'm just going to bang those out real quick. Joe, are you familiar at all with the G.I. Joe villain, uh, the Bat Trooper, Battle Android Trooper? Yes! Yes! All right, one of my favorite characters. I did bite the bullet on a, a reissue figure, a 25th anniversary reissued figure. Uh, so I added one of those to co- in my collection to go along with what I think was the 15 year anniversary figure. So I have a couple different ones of those. Are those
0: uh, the ones that are coming out through Super Seven that kind of look like the cartoon?
1: No, I did see those. I this is one that it's actually just a complete reissue to the like 1987 or 88 one. Okay. Uh, But I do kind of want that Super 7 one that I saw, because I don't know. We'll see how how hard or easy it is to get and what the price point is. And I don't know if I'm $45 in love with a Battle Android Trooper, like the the normal going price of a Super 7. Mm -hmm. But we shall see. I I, I like the ones that look exactly like the ones that I had as a kid, because that's where the nostalgia is. I think you get to a point when you are making... Uh, 80s properties, when you improve too much on the figure, it's no longer a nostalgia thing for me, so it's easier for me to pass, you know?
0: Yeah, so uh, I saw today they put out, uh, I think Super 7 is doing like a line of, like they look like the animated, uh, and again, I hate saying the Joe cartoon was the animated series, but it was, right? Yeah. It's a set of four, I guess, what would be factored as, like, almost elite figures, because they come with, like, multiple heads and multiple hands and stuff. Yeah. Where it's uh, Snake Eyes, Cobra Commander, the the Bat, the Battle Android Trooper, and Duke, right? Mm-hmm. And then they're doing, like, the reaction figures of, like, the G.I. Joe line like those, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, boy, those look, the, the like, the four, right? I'm like, those look hella cool, man, you know? And then I go, as long as they don't do the Dreadnoughts, I'm going to be okay. (laughs) As long as they don't do the Dreadnoughts, I'm going to be okay. And then Hasbro decides, uh, hey, we're going to supervent because, like, hey, you know, we license our shit out to, you know, have other people do whatever. Uh, So then Hasbro announces that they're going to do uh, whatever the hell it is that they're doing with their figures. And they tweet out um, a Zartan. Because they're doing a bunch of, I guess, for PulseCon, right? Yeah. So they do, and they're like the, what the hell do they call them? Um, the, the classified series, right?
1: Yeah, they're like an oversized, super detailed, like, I've seen some of those.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, there's been a bunch before. There's been like your standard Cobra Troopers, uh, Beachhead, Roadblock, uh, various snake eyes and so on and so forth, right? And, you know, these things fall out of my purview, but, you know, things happen, and the Zartan pops up, and the Zartan changes color in the sun just like the original figure did. Yeah. And that figure looks so badass.
1: Do you see the box? Like, yes. the cover to the box, how, like, it has a rotating face, like, the cardboard has, like, a spinning wheel so you can see all the faces of Zartan? yes oh it's like i'm not even like i like zartan as much as the next guy i'm not a super fan but like i even kind of want it you know
0: yeah and it's not like a crazy price point like it's i think it's only like 37 bucks
1: you know in a row <laughs> so, uh, yeah
0: so yeah uh, i signed up for the PulseCon mailing list they said it's supposed to come out this fall that's a future thing but like i got real itchy seeing those gi joe toys and like i literally said to myself i'm like as long as they don't do any of the dreadnoughts, I'm gonna be okay. And then they fucking did the dreadnoughts, and I'm like, they did like the leader of the dreadnoughts, and I'm like, okay, I gotta make a hard decision if I'm gonna buy this because if I do, that now opens up a very slippery slope.
1: <laughs> you gotta have rules, Joe. See, because problem- if
0: they do, if they do Tomax and Zaymon, I gotta do that. If they do Iron Grenadiers, Destro, I gotta get that. Yeah, But I could convince myself to just stick with – I could convince myself just to stick with, like, the main – the original four Dreadnoughts, right? Like Zartan and the other three. Uh, Buzzer, Ripper, and Torch. Yeah. You get Ripper. You get Thrasher. That's, like, real far down the G.I. Joe food chain. <laughs> um, But another one that's going to be itchy if they do it for me is if they do uh, Firefly. If you remember Firefly, the the demolitions expert. Yeah, he's in the full gray camouflage outfit and uh-huh. uh, copperhead. He was the he was the uh, the G.I. Joe vehicle the or the, the Cobra vehicle, the water moccasin. He I, was I, the packet I mean... driver for that. <laughs> and in my G.I. Joe Fig Wrestling Federation. Firefly and Copperhead were like they were the Midnight Express, <laughs> Rain Buster, like whatever. Like they were like the tag team champions like seventeen times.
1: <laughs> they were the workhorses of the thing. They
0: were the workhorses of the division. Yeah. <laughs> While fucking Sergeant Slaughter and Serpenter <laughs> are, are having garbage matches with Fire and Thumbtack. these guys were they were the work rate team my gi joe fig fed so for nostalgia purposes if they do copperhead the goddamn driver of the cobra moccasin i'm gonna have to get the elite figure of him
1: (laughs) well i look forward to seeing all your fig photography of this fig fed uh all right just uh again we barely scratched the surface, Joe. Also, I'll be a little quicker. Tangent, some...
0: tangent. I'm sorry. I'm no,
1: tired. you're fine. I just, hey, let the affiliates know we're running long. Um, are you familiar with the Transformers Red series that's exclusive to Walmart? I am. All right. So they had initially came out with uh, a Megatron, a Soundwave, and an Optimus Prime. I bought those many moons ago when they came out. They had announced that a second line was coming out that would include uh, a G1 Bumblebee and then some Beast Wars characters. And I don't care about no Beast Wars, but I was like, all right, if I see the Bumblebee, I'll get it, because I'm not going to not have all the G1s of these, because they're awesome. They they don't transform, but they're highly detailed. They come with a ton of accessories. Uh, so they're yeah, cool. Yeah, they kind of look like they
0: did on the like on the cartoon.
1: Exactly, yeah. So I was at a Walmart in Bloomsburg. Actually, I was going kayaking last weekend and i saw on the shelf the bumblebee and i was like oh sweet i got a bumblebee and the one i picked up wasn't in great shape so i was like oh let me look and see if there's another one here and there was and as i'm flipping through looking for a bumblebee there was a figure that i did not even know existed and it was sitting on the shelf and that was a transformers red edition uh starscream and it was a coronation starscream so he came (gasps) with the cape and the crown
0: oh son of a bitch that's fantastic.
1: And here's the thing, and they talk about this on, like, other Toy Boy podcasts. You know how impossible it is for the first time you ever see a figure or hear about a figure to see it on a shelf? Like... Like that never happens. Normally, you see, oh, this is up for pre-order, or this is coming soon, or this is long since sold out. So here it is on eBay. But for me to not know that there was going to be a Star Scream in that line, and to have seen it like first time on the shelves, and to be in able the to-
2: wild, yeah, in the
1: wild to be able to buy it for retail. Uh, super pumped about that. So I added a Bumblebee that I didn't really care about, and a Coronation Star Scream that is fucking awesome. That's awesome for yeah.
0: sure.
1: And the one last thing that I have before I turn it over to you, and then we talk about uh, New York. Uh, Joe, as everybody knows, I am the Michael Jordan of Azrael Figure Collecting. And since I finished all the Azrael figures and I wept because there was no more worlds to conquer. Uh, I've had to kind of branch out a little bit and we've talked about my white whale being the Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> I didn't yes. buy that yet. I didn't buy that yet even though a minty fresh one showed up on eBay this week and it's on my watch list. Uh, but I did buy three different Azrael hero clicks figures. Okay. So obviously the hero clicks being that little tabletop game where you have the, all the figures have the base, these screw uh, you, you twist for your score or whatever. But uh, there were three different classic Asrials. Uh I don't understand the game, but I think the different pieces had different powers or strength levels. And I got all three of them for $8 shipped. So uh, okay, it was just something that I, again, I have to start checking off oddballs since I have all the, uh, the heavy hitters and uh, I got those real cheap.
0: Uh I used to play hero clicks. Okay. And I didn't know that those counted.
1: They so, don't, but like <laughs> it's like again, you know, I, I don't want to say that they count because then that might open the floodgates to other things. Because I, I, I'm not like DJ where I claim to be the Michael Jordan of like Terry Funk and then but oh I don't have these other figures of Terry Funk. Like I think that's just cheating. So like I have every Azrael figure period, but I'm also branching out to figure-adjacent stuff as I see them as they pop up. You know, just to throw on a shelf. So I don't even care half the time. Uh, like, in the case of these hero clicks, I don't know what the original presentation for these were. Were they in a box? Were they in a bag? Or whatever. Uh, but I don't care. They're just going to go on a shelf just so I can say I have them.
0: Um, it's... Okay, so is it Asriel as Asriel, as or is it Asbats?
1: So there are... Th- Five total, at least through my research, Azrael uh, hero clicks. There are three of them as the old Joe Quesada dri- uh, drawn Azrael. There is an Az Bat, which I believe they call Knights End Batman, and then there is the Michael Lane, I think is his name, Azrael, which is like the guy who replaced uh, Jean Paul Valley in the New Fifty Two or whatever. So okay. that's like. The, the fifth one. So what I purchased were the three uh, G1, for lack of better, uh, saying Asriel figures. Okay.
0: I think those didn't come out until after I was done playing. But mm-hmm. typically what it would be is, like, you would buy a booster, right? Yeah. Like, it'd be, like, a box and it would have four figures in it. Four randomly packed figures that would each come with a card and be, like, in its own little, like, plastic thing to keep it safe, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm almost certain that the, uh, Azriels or Azbats or the white, like whether it be the red costume or the white costume Azriel, those were after I was out of the game.
1: I gotcha. Yeah. So like these were just so cheap to get eight or three of them for eight bucks shipped. Uh, the other ones that I need are on eBay, but like the Azbat is like $20 shipped. And I was like, it's okay. I'll wait another, like, two, three years until I can see it for, like, five bucks. You know, I'm not in a hurry. hmm But uh, that's it for my non-New York purchases. So I'll let you, if you have, uh, I believe you might have a thing to talk about. Yeah,
0: yeah. So last week uh, on the show, Adam mentioned, very long story short, too late, uh, in the mm-hmm. Toy Boy uh, podcast uh, group, There was a long drawn out thing in regarding the new Brian micro brawlers where the hair was messed up, wrong color, the gear was messed up. So they just sold them as the fucked up editions. Right. Yeah. And I missed them. I would have got them. You know, I'm not a Brian completist, but I'm like, okay, I got Stomp in Paradise Brian. If I can get a regular Brian fucked up edition or not, I'm good. Right. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to buy the box set to get a Brian and throw four for away you know
1: (laughs) so you would have thrown away swoggle how dare you
0: yeah yeah (laughs) um so over the weekend adam messages me to let me know that someone in the facebook group is selling them he had both the blue one and the black one blue gear black uh blue gear and uh uh black gear i reached out to the guy david lapuma good guy um very fair price. I just wanted one, the blue one. Uh I paid on a Sunday, he shipped them on a Tuesday and it was here on Thursday. Yeah. So, uh my Brian collection grows uh as we uh look to when the Super 7 figures come out sometime in 2021 (laughs) alongside the whatever the other ones are as well the like the ones that look like
1: the old remcos that are also sometime in 2021 yeah the ringside (laughs) and then obviously the uh you still have the zombie sailor ones that may be holiday 2021 and
0: oh yeah yeah the jump the the brian is the
1: jumper sure sure yeah and then maybe you need to get yourself a brian bendham uh, <laughs> so
0: i i could probably pass on the Bendem.
1: yeah I, i'm in agreement with you and i'll just say real quick if the Bendems are and i know this isn't going to be the case because it doesn't fit their business model but if they're reasonably priced and i mean like cheap like I, i'm talking 20 bucks tops so obviously right there i'm already it's not happening even but 25 if they, bucks shipped yeah 25 bucks shipped and I don't have to be like a madman to get them. Yeah. Then maybe I'll buy them just out of FOMO. But like, I am not, you know, setting an alarm on my phone for a fucking Bendem and going to a website that's crashing for a Bendem or paying a crazy amount of money because I have no nostalgia attachment to Bendem. So yeah. it, I and can just I, walk away.
0: So uh, and again, I I at one time had a limited collection. You know, I used to be a toy boy adjacent, maybe let's say. <laughs> And I have a lunchbox full in my basement of, you know, let them breathe. They're opened of the Mick Foley figures that there were like from the original Jack's line. You know, I got the first Mankind. I got the first Dude Love and I got the first Cactus Jack. uh, And I have the Mankind Bendham. And then as like classic superstars came out and like more Jacks came out and everything else like that. And they did like Foley with like the spray painted referee shirt that he had and everything else like that. But like, I wanted one of each of the three faces of Foley. Yeah, and the only Bendem I wanted was Foley because like he was my guy. Like if they made a Terry Funk Bendem during that run during that era or a Chainsaw Charlie, I probably would have grabbed one of those at that time as well. You know? Yeah. Um, but that's like my only connection, nostalgia, whatever, to the Bendem lines.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, again, I just say like, it all depends on the price and the availability. But going back to just real quick about the micro brawler of Brian you bought, um, I, I won't disclose any of the, the details, but when I saw those, I, I immediately thought of you and I sent the text. And then in a secondary, I thought of myself. I'm like, fuck, that's a good price. I should have just bought them both. <laughs> uh, but I am, a little dis- I am a little disappointed in you that you did not jump on the two of them, considering that, like... Just the based on the sold listings that I've been showing you, that like one of them sells for significantly more than you could have got the both of them for.
0: No, yeah. I'm okay. I, yeah. I, I'm I'm not in the market of flipping my stuff or yeah, buying no, these don't. things as an investment or whatever it was.
1: I just um, think what's better than one Brian Myers figure than two? You touche.
0: Know? Touche. Um, but I was I was okay with just my one. Fair enough. Now, granted, we got the upcoming, I think is it not this Monday, but next Monday, the pre order for the double J Zombie Sailor Hasbro knockoff is coming out.
1: Are you gonna jump are you gonna jump on one of those?
0: Abso fucking lootly Okay. I love double J. Um, and you know, he's had quite a resurgence in the public eye over the last year, you know, and to me, Double J never left. He he always had a positive look. Mm-hmm. And it's such, like, a fun-looking figure. Zombie did a good job with the first run. The Double J is getting, like, the extra presentation that it's going to come with the card. Um, And it's going to uh, have the option of the signed card. But I don't care about any of that. That's the privilege of being in the group that I get the opportunity, there's that word again, to <laughs> reorder that. And again, getting the double J, we're on a slippery slope. (sighs) Because I really like the Power and Glory set, you know? Yeah. And then they just announced that he signed Slick to do a deal. And I'm like, oh, it's Power and Glory with their manager Slick? How many of these goddamn toys are going to buy? Like, I'm about... (laughs) Like, if I say Double J is the last one I buy, okay? Yeah. Um... If I buy one more after Double J, I'm going to need a D-Tall.
1: <laughs> oh, man, I really want you to get a D-Tall. If you have no idea how many people I'm trying to be an enabler on that amount. <laughs> oh, I was at Jay Gold's, and he had one d and it was getting pretty crowded. I was like, you know what would look good in this room? Another <laughs> d <detail. laughs>
0: Son of a bitch. All right, so you mentioned it. You went out to see Jay Gold, one half of the Mysterious Benefactors. Uh, synonymous with the most recent AIW go for broke uh, series on independent wrestling.tv all around good guy. You made a trek out to long Island on a Monday to go on a doll safari with uh, Jay gold. How did all that go?
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So uh, Jay, uh, uh, Josh obviously is really good dude. As you mentioned, uh, could not have been nicer. His, him and his wife, but, um, my first time driving to New York city or the New York city, uh, area in a long time, oh, but yeah. uh, my things that I can give advice to anybody listening to this, who, who does not make it a habit of driving to New York, uh, number one, never use a blinker. It's a sign of weakness. And it also gives people, uh, a heads up as far as what you're doing. And the whole key to moving through track traffic is unpredictability. Uh, so that's my, my best advice for, for navigating the New York traffic. But, uh, I went down, like, I think I hit traffic and the bridge and all that stuff at maybe like 10, 10 in the morning, and, and most of the bad traffic was done. So getting to him was a breeze. You know, it just maybe an extra 15 minutes of traffic on the way, not a big deal. Uh, I forget how fucking much tolls are to get into the city. Uh, so that's always a pleasant surprise uh, when I got my easy pass bill. But uh, so I met up with Jay Gold and at his house. And then we had planned on going to all three Wrestling Universe stores, the first of which is in Queens right by his house. And that's the one we went to first. Uh, Our plans did change, but more on that in a minute. The Wrestling Universe in Queens, I guess, is the original one because the owner was there. And it's more of like a hole in the wall type of store. Uh, they had a lot of cool stuff. I'd say 70% of the inventory, if I had to guess is all like elites from the last three years, you okay. know, just lots of it. Um, and then they had like a small room with a lot of, uh, jacks and, uh, bone crunchers and WCW and ECW stuff, uh, a lot of stuff in bad shape, like a lot of those carded figures are were in bad shape. Um, and then there was a section with like expensive elites, your ringside exclusives, your autographed figures, your, uh, you know, uh, AW chase figures, stuff like that. So there was a lot of cool stuff there um, at the first store. I kind of saw maybe one or two figures that I was like, I kind of want this, but I didn't want to spend a lot of money or really any money there because I'm like, Oh, I have two more stores to hit. What if I just buy something just to buy it? And then I'm like kind of running low on funds and I find something I really like. Uh, So the only thing I bought at their first store was uh, a Joey styles figure. And I don't know if I tweeted that out or not, but, uh, I'll send you the picture once I'm done because it has a bunch of stuff in it. But it's a WWE-produced Extreme Championship Wrestling uh, Joey Styles figure. And it was, I don't know, 25 bucks. And I think I went up to him. I was like, oh, can you do 20 on this? And he's like, oh, I don't, I don't discount wrestling toys. And this is the owner. And, Fair uh, enough. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I wanted to say, well, you only sell wrestling toys, so you don't discount anything. <laughs> but he was like, yeah, with the wrestling toys, as hot as they are, the prices are firm. Like all right, a lot of people knocking down the doors for that twenty-year-old Joey Styles figure. All right, but I'm like, whatever. I paid for it, uh, and uh, we we then left. Uh, uh, Jay Gold purchased uh, a really cool Stephen Regal figure uh, that, have, through my research afterwards, it's only available in the UK. Uh, originally, it comes with brass knuckles. He has uh, a, a black and blue eye, and it's like limited to like three thousand editions. So it's like Ooh, a cool that's figure. That's pretty neat. He didn't really pay much money for it either, but it was a really cool figure. Like, after I learned what it was, I was like, oh, I might have bought that because it was a pretty good price, you know? But, yeah, so the first Wrestling Universe, I just bought the Joey Styles and got off pretty cheap. Gotcha. The next one was in Comac, which was about a half hour away. Now, this one, as opposed the Queens one was, like, uh, just basically a street in Queens. Like, it was, like, nestled between, like, a restaurant and a gym, like, really hard to find. This one in Comac is much newer, much bigger, and it's in, like, a strip mall type of deal. You know, so, like, I didn't have to worry about parking. You just go into the parking lot. Um, this place was really, really cool because, number one, it was not all just piled on top of each other. Everything was spread out, and you were able to move around. It wasn't. You didn't have to do the Scott Hall walk down the aisles like you had to do in Queens. Um, and this place, dude, I saw so many... Jack's classic superstars that I didn't know were a thing just cause I wasn't in the wrestling figure collecting when Jack's, uh, had the WWE license. And like, I really want to start buying lots of Jack's classic superstars. Cause there's so oh. many awesome ones because they, they had everybody like they didn't have to be, uh, aligned with the WWE to have a figure, you know? So, uh, but anyways, lots and lots of cool stuff there. This is where I was starting to get itchy because, I was like, "Ooh, I kind of want, well, want this. I kind of want this. I kind of want this," but I did show a little bit of restraint. I only bought three things there. <laughs> uh, I bought a ringside exclusive Finn Balor Balor Club Elite figure, uh, which I knew just from like researching online and like fucking around on eBay this was like an $80, $90 figure that I got for like a third of that price. Wow. Uh, so I was shocked because most of the stuff at the first Wrestling Universe store was like ungodly overpriced. Uh, and a lot of the stuff in the second one was overpriced, but I don't know, like this one kind of just, maybe somebody fucked up or, you know, didn't change the price, but I got it like, I want to say for like 35 bucks, and it's worth two to three times that. So very happy about that. Um, I also bought the uh, Alexa Bliss first time in the line basic. Uh, it was 20 bucks. I already had it, but there were two versions of that figure. There was a standard one, which I didn't have, and there was a Walgreens exclusive that came with a Slammy. So I already had the, the Walgreens one, and I was like, ah, this is dirt cheap, and the card was so mint, that I was like, I'm going to buy this as well. Um, and the last thing I bought at that one, they had a giant... Display case full of LJN figures and LJNs are from before my time, uh, because I started off with Hasbro's, right? But uh, they were like, Oh, like most of these are like chipped or damaged or whatever, so they're all 20 bucks a piece. And there was a Bobby the Brain Heaton in there that looked, by my standards, it looked pretty good for something that's just going to go up on a shelf. Uh, so I have my very first ever LJN figure. (laughs) And it is in dire need of a fig bath because it's I, sticky as hell.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, that was going to be my first question there was, has he gotten his fig bath yet? <laughs> well,
1: I'm going to have to ask Broski what the, po- the the proper combination for a fig bath is, like as far as soap to water ratio. because uh, I've, <laughs> I've never paid attention to those segments. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so the second Wrestling Universe store uh, got three figures uh, again, didn't spend a lot of money, maybe a hundred bucks at that location uh, between the three or a little bit less. Uh, and the, the guy there was cool. Like he was actually really nice. He was BSing with us. So the wrestling universe and Comac, uh, he was willing to negotiate a little bit. And I say little bit, but at least he didn't give me a hard no, you know? So there was like, Hey, this, this $50 figure became $45 or whatever, you know? So there was a little wiggle room. Yeah. Yeah uh lastly again we had planned on hitting all three wrestling universes apparently there's a third one that is i guess a work in progress they're still like it's a soft opening or uh uh that just moved into the location and it was an hour away in each direction you know how it is in new york like it could have been a half a mile away but it's an hour away by by the gps right and I called an audible and I had suggested that we go to Hastel toys and see the hustle man. Uh, just because they talk about that on the, the toy boy podcast all the time. And that was only maybe 15 minutes away. And I'll tell you what, Joe, this place is fucking dangerous. Okay. So remember my, me talking about going to toy Hio, where I was like, all right, I had to walk around 20 times before I found something that I kind of wanted to buy. Yeah. Where I was like, I guess since I don't want to go home empty-handed, I'll buy this, you know, so I had to kind of, like, force myself to buy a souvenir at Toy Ohio. Uh I could have left Hastel Toys uh, where I would have had to sell my car. Uh, like, there was so much shit in there that I was like, I need this. Where uh, I was like, I've never seen this. Or... I was like, this has been on my eBay search list for months, if not years. And I'm going home with it. Like that type of thing. Like just tons of elites, which again, not necessarily what I was looking for. Tons of, uh, like bone cruncher era stuff and carded WWE stuff. That's fine. Not my thing, but lots and lots of Jack's classic superstars. Like pretty much any one of them that was ever made was there. um, And then they had like lots of like Funko Pops and GI Joes and some Transformers and NECA figures and stuff like that. So I, at one point had, I didn't grab them off the shelf, but like Jay Gold was like, all right, what are you looking at? I'm like, all right, well, I haven't narrowed down to like these seven things. (laughs) And we're not talking, (laughs) we're not talking like, oh, it's this $10 figure and this $20 figure. I'm like, no, this one's a hundred, this one's a hundred, this one's 80, this one's 90, like lots of stuff. And to credit to uh, the the shop owner, uh, uh, the the hustle man, as he calls himself, uh, very, very nice. Obviously working us with, uh, hey, it's your first time. So right off the bat, you get 10% off of everything. Oh, okay, Yeah. So right there, get a little bit of a deal. And then he's like, oh, well, what are you looking at? And I'm like pointing at this. I'm pointing at that. And he's like, you know, obviously he's pointing at a $100 figure. And he's like, oh, well, you're going to get 10% off of that. I'm like, yeah, 90 bucks. I'd be like i like it a lot more if it was 80 he's like eh, we'll see what else you're getting like what so <laughs> i was able to so I, I think i had it down to at one point or i narrowed it down to i want to say five figures and not five figures as far as five decimal points but five action figures oh my goodness. Um, and i'll tell you some of the ones that i that ended up getting caught um there was a Jack's Classic Superstars Bobby Heenan. Bobby the okay. Bobby Heenan, since I'm going down that rabbit hole. Um, but I passed on that. But it was I,
0: hey, I just I want to yeah. interrupt you. While we're recording, Adam has been sending me pictures of what he got. Uh, that Bobby Heenan LJN, it looks real nice.
2: Yeah. The only like, thing
0: that looks... Oh, outside of like a little tiny smudge suspect piece on the collar and on the crook of his elbow, like... That's real nice.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that that's why I went with it because if you saw Jay Gold bought a Terry Funk.
0: I saw the they, Terry Funk. The Terry Funk was a little beat up.
1: Yeah, because they he had two of the Terry Funks and they were equally beat up. If if the Terry Funk was a little nicer, like just a little bit nicer, I would have bought it and like yeah, given it to you if you didn't have it. But it was it was pretty roached, you know? Yeah. Um But anyways, the things that I passed on. Um the, the Bobby the Brain Heenan, uh, Jack's Class of Superstars, but i still get itchy. I might look at that on eBay. Um, I also passed on, since I had bought the Joey Styles figure, there was a Paul Heyman, or Paulie Dangerously. I forget what it was labeled on the box, but it was an ECW style where he had the ponytail and the New York hat and the headset and all that stuff and the trench coat.
2: Okay. So
1: I, was like, I was like, oh, that would be cool to go with it. Um And then there was something else I passed on. Uh, But the two things that I ended up leaving uh, Hassle Toys with was the very first Johnny Gargano elite figure, which is from the Hall of Champions line back when he was in DIY. So I now have all of the Gargano elite figures, which is just three. But this one was like a pretty expensive figure that I've been looking for for a while. And again, mint condition, like 90% of the things in this store, unless you were looking in the, the Lucy section. Um, but like all the, the mint on card stuff was like really nice. Uh, and the other thing that I bought and Joe, this has been on my eBay watch list for probably at least since the start of the major wrestling figure podcast. So like two, almost three years, two and a yeah. half years uh, since I started listening but I bought the Jack's classic superstars two pack of the Hollywood blondes, Brian Pillman and Steve Austin. Oh, nice. So, uh, I'll shoot these pictures over to you in a sec. I think this is what actually what I tweeted out. Uh,
0: Yeah. I was going to say, I recognize, I I recall the picture, the, the Hollywood blondes getting tweeted out from you.
1: Yeah. So like that is a, a two pack that I've been looking for for a while. They're, they're on eBay all the time, but, uh, with it being a large oversized two pack, you know, the, the boxes get met, you know, fucked up a lot. So I was looking for one that was pretty good. And I'd say this is like a 95 out of hundred, you know, as far as condition. Um, but long story short, and I'll wrap this up with this, uh, hassle toys. I could have left my own devices. If that place was closer to me, uh, I would go broke. And the funny thing is he's like, Oh, I'm listing stuff all the time on my Instagram. If you want to give me a follow, and I was like, oh, what's your Instagram? And I go and I look him up. He was already following me on Instagram. Oh, OK. All wow. Things, look at
0: that. Well,
1: all the things that I like buy, because obviously I put all my collection on Instagram. So I don't know. I must have bought something that popped him at one point. But the problem is now I have access to all the other things in this shop that I left behind uh so i i might end up owning that paul Heyman figure at some point in the near future once i once i pay off the tolls uh from this new york trip but uh definitely if you are in the the new york area uh it's worth at least checking these places out because i saw so many figures that i never ever even knew existed uh and i was able to get a lot of stuff that were on my my checklist so uh you know, Wrestling Universe for not a sponsor, but just for seeing the variety, maybe not for the pricing uh, and hassle toys, not a sponsor, but uh great dude and a, a great selection uh, of stuff. So I came home with a lot of stuff, Joe.
0: So I I want to say I'm sad you guys didn't do a V-log of
1: this. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, we joked that that's something we were going to do, but we were, we were both with our heads like just buried in toys the whole time. Sure, sure
0: and lastly um did you go anywhere good to eat while you're in new york
1: no you know what it was it was uh the long island area isn't known for its cuisine so we got some mcdonald's
0: <laughs> okay but you know, no, nice we just... diner nice mom and pop place i figured fine but all right mcdonald's anything yeah, no. different that mcdonald's that we don't have at our mcdonald's <laughs>
1: Probably rats because it's New York. Uh, No, like I didn't even need anything. We just stopped there so that uh, he can grab a a quick sandwich. But uh, uh, I will tell you that uh, on the way home, I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't mention this. Uh, As smooth sailing as the drive to New York was, the drive home was the exact opposite because my GPS went rogue and decided to dump me off in the middle of uh, I think it was Harlem. Uh, Just based on like some of the the signs and stuff I saw. Um, And I don't know why it did that. It thought it was maybe saving me like $2 on a bridge or something like that by being on it shorter. But it basically added about 45 minutes of me driving through like bumper to bumper, uh, like inner city. Um, And then as soon as I got to New Jersey, that fucking shithole, New Jersey, uh, I just hit bumper to bumper traffic. And then as soon as I hit Pennsylvania, like the sky fell and it was just nonstop buckets of rain that you couldn't see like an inch in front of you. So uh, I got got on the way home, Joe.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, all in all, like you said, sound like a fun, eventful trip. I'm glad you got a chance to go on a little bit of a dull safari, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Very expensive. But I would do it again. Not anytime soon. But uh, Jay Gold's a great host. We talked a lot of wrestling and his AIW. And did you know that Jay Gold, along with me also briefly, I mean very briefly, attended the ECW House of Hardcore?
0: No, I didn't know that.
1: I didn't know that either. See, my problem was a lack of cardio. His problem was that he couldn't take bumps without almost breaking his neck. So I said between the two of us, we could have made one really good wrestler. (laughs) But uh, you'll have to ask him about it next time you see him.
0: Absolutely. Now, I don't know if I want to be an enabler or not, Uh-huh. because this is supposed to be the uh, summer of financial irresponsibility for you.
1: This is, yes.
0: Uh, but this weekend, uh, not a comic book convention, but a sci-fi fantasy expo mm-hmm. uh, called Zolocon in, uh, where the hell is this, uh, Bucks County, PA, maybe?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, Warminster, PA? Does that sound like a place? Sounds like a place, not a place I'm familiar with, but it sounds like a place. It's the
0: Fugue Convention Center, not in, like, the Fugue State that I go into, and, (laughs) um, but they're doing a big toy show, and I guess NECA has, like, a big presence there. Oh. Um, you know, so, and uh, from what I understand, they have, like, deals and whatnot there as well, because it's convention time, usually hit it up on the Sunday when everyone's packing up.
1: Yeah. Well, I will say that uh, fortunately for me and for my bankroll, I have to work at the importer-exporter business uh, this weekend, so gotcha. you I gotta cannot. Att-
0: Got to start building up the bankroll so you can blow it all in a like, weekend.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But now I think, Joe, it's safe to say <clears throat> that not only are we restarting the year of financial responsibility uh but we also think that this is enough show for today and we'll say goodbye. oh my
0: goodness right (laughs) an extended show you got what you paid for which is nothing uh (laughs) but again thank you very much for listening thanks for bearing with us here with episode 147 of at odds with wrestling for adam this is joe saying thanks for listening be safe and enjoy some wrestling